If debit is your go-to card, Discover thinks it's time you get rewarded too. So check out Discover Cashback Debit, a game-changing checking account with cashback on everyday debit card purchases. That's right. Cashback isn't just for credit cards anymore. Whether it's a movie date, flea market find, or midday latte, you can start earning cashback. And did I mention there are no fees, period? Check out transaction eligibility and terms at discover.com slash cashback debit. Discover Bank, member FDIC. VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. So if you're wine drunk and ready to cry, Peach, Mikey, and Todd are telling you why. Romancing the podcast in town. Romancing the podcast in town. Romancing the podcast in town. Your favorite films, they'll rip them to shreds with these guys in charge. Tell romance is dead. Romancing the podcast in town. Romancing the podcast in town. Romancing the podcast in town. Todd sees you when you're sleeping. Mike likes to sniff your hair. Pages and Ebenezer Scrooge just don't give a damn. So listen up now, the show's gonna start. Peach, Mikey, and Todd will steal your heart. Romancing the podcast in town. Romancing the podcast in town. Romancing the podcast in town. Thank you for tuning in to Romancing the Pod. You had us at hello. I'm Paige Wesley. I'm Mikey Randolph. And I'm Todd Schlosser. And this week, Paige made us watch A uh, Princess, Princess for, for Christmas. Christmas. <laughs> now, was this the first time either of you had seen this movie before? Yeah, I had never yeah. seen this movie yeah, before. Yeah, same. I, I hadn't seen it either. What did you guys think about it this time? It's terrible. I liked it. <laughs> I think it's an interesting exploration into the life of a of a fully grown adult woman who still believes in Santa. And I will stand by that and back up my theory with facts as we go through this film. Um, I think that is true. But also I think the film deposits that this Santa is real but only caters to the 1%. <laughs> I, we we got to talk about Santa at the end of this movie because yeah. we have to examine yeah. this from all areas. This is the puppy in a stocking of this film. Paige and I have gone full Hallmark levels of Christmas. Yes, you have. Yeah. For our last two picks, and I am here for it. And these movies, you have to find out what year they came from and kind of date what's going on in pop culture. Yes. Then, yes. Because this is definitely a ripoff of like the Downton Abbey craze, but with like a Hallmark Christmassy vibe. Which I did not watch Downton Abbey, so... Oh, Paige! Oh, Paige, what are you doing? There's not enough sex in it for me. It bores me to tears. Oh. Well, Paige, it's like this, but with no Christmas. Well, then that sucks <laughs> even worse. It's like a slightly worse version of this. <laughs> like, every conversation between, like, the help staff is just Downton Abbey. It's like, yes, this is a change of pace. That's pretty much Downton Abbey. Like, You're right, Okay, yeah. no thank you then. Like, that sounds terrible. The butler actually looks like the main butler from Downton Abbey. Excuse me, you will use his full name. It is Paisley Winterbottom. How dare you? I love you? that name. It's amazing. 
Paisley Winterbottom straight up looks <laughs> like <Thank> you. <laughs> they incorrectly cloned the main actor from Downton Abbey with the <laughs> butler with the limp. So many people have recommended it to me over the years and I've tried watching a couple episodes, but I'm just like, I can't get into it. It's not enough. And they're like, well, there's intrigue. And I'm like, I'm not in this for intrigue. <laughs> Like, I'm in this for sticky sheets. Like, yeah, I'm in this to watch historical people bone. And if that's not going to happen, I'm not here for it. To me, Downton Abbey best encapsulates work, gossip, and drama because, like, the main family, they have all their plot lines and stuff. But really, it's the reactions of the help. They're like, did you see what she did last night? Let me tell you, get over here. There's the tea. <laughs> so, Todd, was this your first time? Uh, it was my first time, although I started watching it with Natalie, and she was like, wait, what movie are you watching? And I told her, and she literally had watched it earlier that day. Oh, no. <laughs> she was like, oh, I watched this while I was setting up decorations. <laughs> But that's what these movies are for. Yeah, it was while we were yeah, recording absolutely, yesterday. Absolutely. While we were recording yesterday for Horror Virgin, I was in here and she was just like putting up decorations around the house. And she literally watched this and two other movies while she was setting up decorations. So she was like, yeah, I watched this yesterday. And then we watched it again together. <laughs> well, yes, because these movies are perfect to do other things to. I mean, like they are the Muzak. They're like <laughs> yes, movies. Yes. yes. These movies yes. are not made to be watched. <laughs> but like that's the thing you you make christmas cookies you build gingerbread houses you're like you're you're at, you're like you're doing like you're playing scrabble and shit yeah like this is supposed to be like the comforting yeah white noise in the background of your family christmas that's how i grew up these movies are just slightly better than the yule log that you can just turn on where it's like 10 hours of a fire <laughs> yeah, going right. But if you do get into it, there are quality changes that you need to see because not all of the this one had a structured plot. It's like me and Paige have picked two of the I would say best ones. Oh no! I mean, th- I mean, this is still very bad. But I I did cry a couple times. Paige, I cried too. Did you? Okay, I feel better because yes. I was no, like, you guys did not. What is wrong? Okay, we need to get your 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 levels checked. <laughs> I think I might have low T. That's like a sidebar conversation. I mean, Y'all, I, I laughed a lot. I did not oh, cry. I, I did also laugh too. Yeah, like <laughs> this is a laugh out loud funny movie. Yes. Me, me crying is not an indication of it being a good movie. No, I cry for nothing. Yeah, the same way that Todd jump scares at nothing is how i yeah. cry during movies i I'm the same dude seeing avengers endgame with me in theaters my husband oh. regrets that because no, i sobbed the whole time <laughs> i went on opening night and there was just tears all over that theater and i was like guys this is obviously infinity war 2 infinity war people were like getting snapped or whatever and they were like sobbing i was like there is a sequel to this, and it's coming out <laughs> in six months. I, I didn't cry as much during Infinity War, but in Endgame, I cried so it was much. Real. Yeah, because yeah, mm-hmm. Endgame was real. It was real. Yeah, yeah, it's a real documentary about superheroes. No, I, I cried because of the family dynamics, and we don't need to get into it. But we, like a week later, I was still crying when I thought about Captain America coming back for that dance. And Jake found me crying. It was just like, is it about Captain America still? And I was like, yeah. <laughs> so like, I, I can't wait for like a week from now for me to be crying and for him to be like, is it about Roger Moore's relationship with his adult children? <laughs> I'll just be like, yeah. Yeah, it absolutely is. <laughs> This movie is bad. It is so bad. And it's very clear to me that the girl who is like the main female character. I thought she was like 
very cute, but also like very terrible. Yeah, I think <laughs> I, I personally think it's because she must be from like Ireland or somewhere in England. Yes, and, and is trying to do an, an American ac- accent, yeah. and she just can't do that. Is that very what well. it was? It's got to be yes. that. Yes, you could hear it in her voice. I thought that as well. I'm gonna look it up because I think that she can't be that bad at acting. Because every once in a while she would slip, and you could hear it. So like. If she's not from somewhere else, my thinking was Australia or New Zealand, and that's what she was slipping. Sure, but yeah. Irish would work too. He sounds half Scottish the like the whole time anyway. Yeah, he does. Because as as much as I love Sam Hewen, dude can't do anything but Scottish. <laughs> like <laughs> like he's tried to do American a couple times, and you're just like, this doesn't sound right. Look, more power to him because I can't do. Act- I mean, like. <laughs> We both hey, know. No, you know what? Here's what I'm going to say. His his Scottish accent is fucking gorgeous, and people just should let him use it all the time. It is the best way he could possibly sound. So it's Katie McGrath. Okay. She is from, oh, she's an Irish actress. Okay, so yeah, there you she, go. I, I do feel like she's probably a decent, if not great, actress. We didn't see that in this movie because the whole time she's like, <laughs> I have to sound like I'm from Buffalo. But also, this movie, <laughs> she's our main character, and she spends 90% of this movie movie doing tasks for other people (laughs) to the point where like there's the love story and i'm like they didn't spend all that much time together because she was constantly worried about these kids and he's engaged the whole time to somebody else not yet engaged guys he did not that's true he's not yet engaged she expects him to right okay okay okay. he does the gallant thing and he breaks up with her before he starts a new relationship he does he does break up with her and immediately kiss a new girl that night (laughs) yeah (laughs) the relationship is established at that point. At that point, I will say they have sex that night, and she gets pregnant, and that's why they get married in the winter. I don't know if you guys saw during the as they're like carting away in the carriage. I thought it was spring. No, there are no leaves on those trees. Oh, it literally was like I don't know five to six weeks after they've kissed the first time that they got married. That's the thing because he's like, "Will you extend your stay?" And then the wedding happens. And those kids are the same age, yeah. clearly. And and everyone is there. And so I'm like, okay, I think they just extended her stay and she got married at the end of the stay. Yeah, no, she <laughs> like, did. Yeah. She is very poor. <laughs> yes. I don't know what you're getting at, Mikey, but I'm going okay, to de- yeah. throw out a theory here. Yeah, Let me it. unpack this. Absolutely. She was being evicted. She lost her job. Her <laughs> phone was being turned off. They went on this crazy vacation because it was their last chance to like, I don't know, get food that week. Before she <laughs> adopted the kids out or something like yeah, that. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. So when that guy was like, we should get married, and she's like, let's do it now. He's <laughs> super rich. And he's like, I mean Yeah, he's legit a prince. They're in line for a crown. Somewhere, question mark. Um, so <laughs> I think the, the implication is that it was Switzerland oh, because okay. he came in from Geneva. Who's the princess? She's the princess, Mikey. But she's not a princess. At the end of the movie, she's a yeah, princess. Yeah, because she marries a prince. She's a uh, princess who's in a family way. Title is not something you get by marriage. It is a birthright. No, title is sexually it, transmitted. <laughs> um, so Mikey is partially right because by, by marrying him, they would likely confer a title yes. upon her because she was not born with one. However... Because he is a prince and is in line for the throne, she is also a princess. Uh, so she would be referred to that way, but she is not a princess by birth. It's fine. Whatever. She married him fast because obviously. <laughs> and she knew he was going to die at Kalat. <laughs> <laughs> 
I mean, Meghan Markle, the same thing sort of happened to her, right? Because she's the Duchess of Sussex, right? But they sort of created that Duchess title for her when she got married to, I forget which one she's married to because I just don't care that much. But So like Cambridge, Sussex, all of these titles are held by the royal family and they confer them upon yes. people. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So, yeah, so she married Prince Harry. Yeah, that's what it is. I know everyone else was like yelling that like it, it was Prince Harry, you idiot. But like, I don't know because I don't care about the royals. A lot of people do. I know, I know. But I also like Final Fantasy movie. I mean, games. So, I mean, like, I can't, yeah, you same. know, yeah. which whatever. There's a lot of princes and princes and, and like, bloodlines in there that I'm like, uh, did you know that Sid's been in every game, you know? <laughs> Maybe we should just get into the movie so we can talk about A Princess for Christmas. I dare say this will be a short episode because I pretty much summed it up on my Instagram story and it took about mm, 27 seconds. <laughs> you did. And I was just like, wow, <laughs> as I was watching it and I went through and I was like, there's not much more to this movie. No. <laughs> like, I, <laughs> no. I think Mikey really did sum it up. Yeah. I think we got through it. <laughs> I do want to say that I fell asleep trying to watch this movie twice. <laughs> so, but that's what this is for. You can wake up. I and be like, Todd saying that these movies are not meant to be watched is both the truest <laughs> and funniest thing I've ever heard because why else would you make one? But then also, clearly, the, these are meant to be watched while doing yes. other things. They're second screen movies, for sure. They are second screen yeah. movies. And we're first screening them, so you're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> so you don't have to. So, like, Christmas movies like this are a big business. So I read an article because I was, like, looking at, like, picks. They are making 241 of them by all the different channels to make. Uh, uh, yes, a year. What? A year. There's no way we could do all of There's them. There's 240 no. coming out this, this year. year. How am I not in one? I just need an agent, I guess, so, and we could all Todd, get in here, one. You could. Here's the crazy thing. You could, and you could write one. A lot of a lot of screenwriters write them as a quick paycheck, but it's you make like a fraction of what you would oh, make I'm on a regular sure. movie. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Well, holy shit. Let, let's just get into this movie so we can talk about it, because we've got 240 to do after this. <laughs> right. So... We open on the Lionsgate logo, which offended Mikey's sensibilities. <laughs> I was surprised. I was like, Lionsgate so does like legit movies. Why are they dipping their shit into this? I, I sent a group text out. <laughs> I was just like, what is this? Yeah. And I said, it's like a real movie, not a real movie. This actually was a made for TV movie. I could not find what channel it was for. I suspect ABC Family or Disney is the vibe I, I, I got. Can see that. Mm -hmm. It probably wasn't either of those because if it was, it would be on Disney Plus, Disney Plus. and it wasn't. Yeah. As a aficionado of these types of Christmas movies, I could tell uh -huh. this was a bigger budget because of the outdoor shots. Yeah. Yes. So generally in these movies, there are no outdoor shots except for like Main Street. Main Street in the day, yeah. very tight. All the shots are very tight in. Yeah. Well, because they're all shot in the same town in Canada. Cause so that's the thing. So like they make like 240 of these a year, and like 90% of them are shot in the same town in Canada. And that's like what that town does, which is fascinating to me. I would love if we ever got big to just like go there for a week and watch production of it's Christmas our movies. mecca. I'm one hundred percent gonna do that. Mikey, let's go. I'm pretty sure that they're filming multiples simultaneously. That's what I wanna do. I want a cameo in seven Christmas movies <laughs> just the because we were there for a week. Like, like be background extras. Yes. Just us getting coffee. Hallmark Lifetime call us. Fuck. Netflix, if, anybody, call if anyone us. out there is listening who has like 
the ability to just put us in the background of some shots of this. Oh, we please. will pay our way. We will do it ourselves. Let's just what go. Hallmark. I'm happy to do it. Like, yes. I will even be a featured extra. Let's go. I'm better than half the actors in this movie, and I'm terrible. I have snow stuff. <laughs> I know you wouldn't think I do because I'm in California, but I have snow gear. What Hallmark has started doing, they'll go on like location. For some reason, Mississippi. I mean, these are very targeted to like grandmas. Uh, Mississippi and Georgia because they actually give film credits to film there. So yeah. like it's way cheaper to film there because they will give you a tax cut. So where my mom used to live, they were filming Christmas in Memphis. I'm filming Ooh. Christmas in Memphis. <laughs> we looked up being extras and you had to wear your winter clothes, which was like heavy coats, which you don't even have to wear there in winter usually. Yeah. They were Because when we watched the movie, there was snow everywhere in Memphis. <laughs> It was like Memphis Blizzard. And that's the thing. When I, I reviewed that movie for my personal Instagram account because I, I lived there. I mean, my mom my family lived there. And I was like, if there was actually this much snow in Memphis, this would be a national disaster. <laughs> and they would have to call in the National Guard. Because the movie deposited, I would say, conservatively four feet of snow in Memphis. And like that would shut down. Mikey, literally last year in Nashville, we got maybe a foot of snow and literally everything was shut down for five days. Oh, we were days. dead. I remember because you had to walk to the grocery yeah, store. I, I was walking to Kroger every day to get stuff, which I enjoyed. I live close, but it's it was crazy. I slept at work with my dog. I yeah, remember. I remember yeah. you did sleep at work with your dog. <laughs> Holy shit, we still haven't gotten into the movie yet. Can we please? Oh, the movie has four conservative plot points. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, trust, trust me, we're going to get through it just fine. We're going to spend about 90% of this movie just talking about how this grown woman believes in Santa. It's fine. Look, if you can be white enough and rich enough, <laughs> yeah. Santa will come visit you. <laughs> Directly, he makes house calls. Yeah. Wait, those are the only calls he makes. What am I talking about? I know. I was about? like, what is only if your grandpa personally knows him and calls his cell phone <laughs> and asks for a favor? It's because he had documents on him from back when he was a spy. <laughs> this actually makes more sense than the current Santa myth because if Santa would like live forever, but like now there's seven billion people, he would only do it for like tons of money. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like only show up. <laughs> the current Santa myth that I'm starting is that Santa is a vampire. He only comes <laughs> out at night. He lives forever and he watches you while you're sleeping. <laughs> but what about Come the cookies? To me. Can he eat cookies? <laughs> see me. That's what was see me. <laughs> so anyway, Princess for Christmas. <laughs> Let's get into it, guys. Let's let's power through this. So there's a tiny voiceover that's talking about like how there's a girl named Jules in Buffalo who always wanted to travel. But then they keep listing things in her like always wanted to where it's like travel to a place with calliopes and music boxes and snow globes. And I was just like, what a weird fantasy. <laughs> like, like, why is this part of it? Are you telling me that Julie, our antiquer slash clockmaker, is a weird person? I mean, hey, as someone, I love a good antique. I'm not. I'm not into the same era that she is because antique people get very picky about their times. But the, that being her personality quirk and also her job was the strangest part of this movie for me. Yeah, oh, yeah. But she's like randomly like calling out like what who painted that plate. Like 
What are we doing? Oh, which is not a real, I'll get to it in fun facts. It's not a real designer. They just started like naming these fake designs after people on the production staff. So she's oh just like, God. that's a so-and-so. And it's like, that. that's the key grip. <laughs> like, He's holding the mic like, yeah, it is me, yeah. isn't it? <laughs> I love her wandering around the castle fixing clocks. Oh, well, yeah, fixing clocks, but also the breaking antiques. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, they're like, she's fixed all our clocks, but she cost us a fortune. <laughs> women. I'm not surprised that both of you are not down for her antique knowledge uh, for the amount of times that my lectures on vintage Pyrex have been cut out of podcasts. Yes. I cut one out every episode. I didn't know they've been cut. I, I, this is news to twice. me. They are 35 minutes long. When you bring the PowerPoint presentation out, we know we have to cut it. No regrets. <laughs> Do you think he was named Paisley because this is, as a baby he came out purple? Paisley's not a color. Paisley's a pattern. Great. He came out with like swirly like insignias on him. Yeah. Mm -hmm. He has a birthmark that just looks kind of like a vagina. <laughs> he's got one Paisley. It's like a <laughs> one it's on, curly It's Paisley. on his butt cheek. You can't see it when he's clothed. <laughs> All I know is, fellas, if you want the girls to love you, wear Paisley. Oh, no. Paisley, Paisley, make the girls go crazily. You know what I'm saying? No, that's not. Liberace? <laughs> Even Liberace wouldn't wear Paisley. He was a yeah, solid exactly. colors and glitter kind of guy. I saved a bunch of stuff when my dad passed away, and I do have like two of his ties, and both of them are Paisley, and they're super like wide. They, they're like seventies ties, and oh, I couldn't geez. throw them away because they were too funny. Anyway, sorry. Speaking of people who's died, we find out that <laughs> her sister and her brother-in-law died. Died, in, and it never explains how. I assumed car accident. It doesn't get into it. But yeah, I assume that too because it took them both out at the same time. Full blown. AIDS. <laughs> what is this rent? <laughs> oh, man. I'm sorry. I don't have time to edit it, Mikey, so that's got to oh, stay no. in. <laughs> yeah, the movie's unclear. I, like, so I just, for my brain, I was like, insert devastating accident here. Yes. Yeah, Skiing yeah, yeah, yeah. accident, car accident, plane crash. They have their own trucksecutioner. They have their own <laughs> trucksecutioner. But also, so we also find out in this very opening scene that she works at an antique store called Antiques and Stuff, which is like <laughs> the worst antique store name ever. And the N is backwards. Yeah, and stuff. It's kind of like Kids R Us, but yeah, it's Antiques exactly. and Stuff. That's what I was thinking, yeah. And she specifically fixes clocks. Yes. Uh, which is absolutely the weirdest rom-com job ever, I think, that we've ever had. She also is a sales girl. She sells stuff on the floor. And I love in this scene, yeah. what she does is she sells a unique piece, walks over, and then she's like, hey, I sold that piece. And then she gets fucking fired. He's like, <laughs> that's great. But would you sit down for a second? We've got to talk. <laughs> but we're Jennifer Convertibles. We're going to close. Uh, <laughs> it has all of the energy of the scene in the room when the mom comes in and just says it's official i have breast cancer <laughs> like it's that level of emotional investment where he's just like it's official the store might be closing and i can't afford to keep you on <laughs> yeah i can't believe this very niche store needs two people to run it yeah, oh, well there's nothing on the floor in that store and and by floor i mean sales floor not like floor floor yeah yeah where she's got like her weird clock display. And then there's like three other items <laughs> in the store. And she's like, I sold the music box, boss. Well, and she just says that really rare music box. And I'm like, great. Now half the store is gone. She's like, I sold it for $10,000. And he's like, I've got to let you go. 
All right, so she gets fired. Anyway, next scene. Uh, she gets fired, and we do see that somebody's kind of stalking her from across the street, and it is definitely Paisley Winterbottom. Yeah, didn't notice that because I enjoyed this movie traditionally on my phone. Oh wait, you watched it on your phone? No, no, no. I was on my phone while this movie played in the background. Oh, okay, I got you. Yeah, 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 yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. It is made to second screen. Yeah, man. yeah. So we cut to her house. She's not there yet, but her kids are there with the nanny. And the nanny, by the way, is not watching these kids at yeah, all. Yeah, 100% not involved with what's going on. Yeah. I don't like this nanny. She ain't watching the kids. She's German. No, she's something. She's of indeterminate European origin. Yeah. But she's terrible. Like, it's so bad. It yeah. is so bad. Because the kids are like, not pranking her like Milo the, the son or the teenager is like stealing he's a video gone. game he's yeah. not even in the house right now <laughs> that would be hard because he locked his door and he's playing loud music and he won't come out so that would be hard to like determine but the other girl is what like six seven eight around there yeah the movie establishes that she is seven okay. and she's in the kitchen making herself a snack and just makes a fucking mess and the nanny's like not helping her or watching her and I'm like she's seven like yeah She's seven. I'm sure she could do some things in the kitchen, but like, you know, at least peek in there and know. Get off your ass and nanny, nanny. Yeah. That drove me crazy too. But, you know, she's the worst, but she quits immediately. Uh, We cut to (laughs) Milo, who's at a video store. He seemed like a GameStop. Is it a GameStop or a video store? It's a video. They say video store, but he's stealing a a video game. But much like the, the breast cancer room energy we had before, This is very much the like flower shop energy because she's like, hi, Milo, I'm your neighbor. And therefore I know And you're just like, what? Like, why does this person have so much exposition? We never see them again. You never see her again. I was like, are they going to like date or like get together? Or is she going to Liechtenstein or whatever too? Liechtenstein? (laughs) They're just to talk about Milo. Yep. Just to establish that she has a crush on this 27 year old man or whatever. Yeah. But he looks like a child. He does look like a child. Yeah. Anyway, so they steal the game. They run and they run down the sidewalk and he knocks over a guy carrying two boxes. Now, what's really funny is that the store, the guy who owns the store, the guy working in the store chases after him. So the kid knocks over the guy with boxes and then the guy from the store also knocks over the guy with boxes yeah. who has not had time to pick up his boxes. <laughs> so like he like knocks and throws them. And then in the very next shot, he knocks and throws them again. Yes. <laughs> and I thought that was very funny. Yeah. <laughs> Because they all clearly only had that extra. Yeah. And they're clearly just like brown boxes. <laughs> for their they're empty. Yeah. They, they almost float away. Yeah. There's nothing in those boxes. If someone's shopless from your store, you're not chasing them. You're going to call the owner and be like, hey, someone stole a video. Yeah. No, you never chase them no. because nothing in that store is worth your life. And you don't know if they're going to, you know, try and hurt you. Yeah, They might have a weapon. But also, it's not your store. Who gives a fuck? All I'm saying is don't chase this teenage kid with a game. But it was Ninja. It was Ninja Revenge 4 or whatever. Ninja Revenge 4 or whatever it was. And it was like NC-17 for a game, I guess. When the little girl was like, why would you rent that game, Miles? It's not recommended for under 17. And he was like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, nerd, I'm 24. <laughs> no, you're right. It's because he was secretly 24. <laughs> I don't think we've said that in the recorded portion. Do you want to talk about it? Oh, yeah. I, 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 I looked up some fun facts about this kid actor because he's not a kid actor. <laughs> but he yeah. he's 24 uh, when they filmed this in this movie. Uh-huh. He is a known Toronto native. Okay. He's like an entertainer in Toronto. He is a rapper known as Little T. Wait. What? Yeah. Uh, His real name is 
Travis Turner. Okay. And he actually does a lot of voiceover work. So why is he not little TT? <laughs> because it sounds like it sounds like you're teaching a kid to potty train. <laughs> but he looks like a child. <laughs> anyway, so if you want to see Milo from this movie rap badly, <clears throat> just Google little T. Um, we're doing that during the bonus episode yeah. after this. <laughs> okay, because it's amazing. That, I mean, here's the thing. That makes him only the second worst thing to happen to rap in this movie. So <laughs> oh, man. That was the part where I was like, no, 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 I no, couldn't no, look, no. I couldn't look directly at it. It was like the Ark oh. of the Covenant. It was so terrible. I was sort of into it. No. Watching white so men dance badly, I'm into it. She's like, I took a Zoom, Zoom, uh, a Zuma Zuma class. class. (laughs) But let's move on. I just, we we have to watch that during the bonus episode. Yeah. Anyway, so we cut back to the house, and the little girl who made a mess while making a snack is trying to wash the clothes that she was wearing and puts too much soap in, and hilarity ensues. Yes. As normal. You've seen movies. Right. You've literally seen this exact thing in movies. So back at the store, she gets fired, which we kind of covered already. Yeah. And this is also where we find out that she lost her sister and brother-in-law. So it's her sister and her sister's husband in some sort of nebulous accident. But, I mean, the one nice thing is that he does say, you're the best sales girl I've ever had. I'll put up some feelers for some job openings, which is like, cool, but also you're firing her. But also, did you know that the shop owner is, I'll call it a special guest? Wait. Really? Because he also directed the film. Oh my God. Really? Yep. That is amazing. <laughs> yep. Slow clap. I love the productions where the the actor that was supposed to show up to play the shop owner couldn't be fucked to make it in. So the director's <laughs> like, okay, I guess I'll just do it myself. I think he chose it on purpose. I don't think okay. it was an accident, but that that is the director. Because he's the clockmaker of like the film is the clock. Oh, you know wow. Yeah, that's got to be why. Yeah. The whole world is the clock and men and women are just hands. <laughs> anyway, so the little girl runs to her brother's room to be like, ah, help. I have flooded the house. And we reveal that he's just now getting home. And she's like, yes, you left. I'm telling. And he's like, well, I'll murder your doll if you say anything. Right. And their aunt gets home and he does. He rips the head off that doll, which I'm just like, watch him in the future. Has he harmed animals or started fires? (laughs) (laughs) But she doesn't say anything like he just does that preemptively, I guess. Yeah, he's a total asshole. Anyway, so at this point, the nanny has discovered the laundry room and hasn't even addressed the fact that Milo has been gone this entire time. Right. But the aunt is like, yo, what's up? What is happening? And the (laughs) nanny's just like, I quit. And we find out that they super glued her purse to the chair. Which, sort of funny. She's like, you don't need a nanny. You need a SWAT SWAT team. team. And I was like, (laughs) (laughs) Mikey, that's the biggest laugh this movie deserves. But it got bigger (laughs) ones. It did. Uh, Yes, it did. But also, so she's so mad about that purse, but it is legit like a Target clearance purse. (laughs) Like... It's not fancy or anything. And she's just like, no. And she's like clutching it to her. I was like, okay. <laughs> like, I guess just get another one at Target. Like, this is so strange, but fine. <laughs> it's not like the purse that gets run over later in this movie that they put tired tread on. They did. I laughed funny. out loud when it was like perfectly placed, like sharpied on, like drawn on tire tread. Tire tread. Oh my God. I was like, that's amazing. Yeah. It's like, was this purse at the crime scene? It's <laughs> 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 very funny. Anyway, so she grounds Milo 
And he, in retribution, is just like, well, Santa's not real. Fuck you, little sister. The little sister didn't do anything either. No, she goes, no. But then my favorite part is that, like, not only is the little girl upset, but Jules seems very upset as well, where she's, like, hurt. Where she's like, how dare you, Santa is real. And I'm like, what? (laughs) (laughs) Hang on, hang on, hang on. Is Santa not real? Oh, no, don't worry about it. So for the next, let's just say 45 seconds, we talk about whether Santa is real or not. So if you have kids in the car, skip. I was not brought up believing in Santa. I did. I was too, but I was the youngest for a long period of time in my in my family. So like I knew early on because they knew early on. Mm. My mom found out that Santa Claus wasn't real her freshman year of high school in geometry when the teacher said, you know this like you know Santa isn't real. Oh, and no. my mom went home so pissed at my grandparents. That's so long. It is so, so long. long. She was the oldest of eight. Upset. So like they kept it going because they had young, young kids still when she was a freshman in high school. And she just did not think that her parents would lie to her about something like that. To be fair, I think it was a lot easier to trick people before the internet. Yes. Yeah. My my aunt and uncle kept it up for a while with my cousin and they had like a Santa tracker app and like all kinds of shit where I'm like, this yeah, seems excessive. Cool stuff now. Like this seems like a lot. I will be a parent where Santa exists. And if I, if I have like, kids, I will totally Santa will exist until they're a certain age. Absolutely. Until they figure it out. I didn't miss it. I think they need to know that I can lie and like, they're going to have to figure that out the hard way. Yeah. And then they can't. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's how parenting goes. Yeah. I can cuss. I can lie. But you can't do either of those. (laughs) You don't know shit about Uh, me. I'm a human. I'm not just your parent. (laughs) It's a white lie. A white Christmas lie. (laughs) (laughs) I'm dreaming of a white Christmas lie. I feel like you can make Christmas like super magical without lying to them. No, Paige. To make Christmas magical, you need magic. What are magicians if not liars? (laughs) (laughs) i mean that's why andrea gazetta doesn't like them like this is a well-documented thing is that andrea gazetta does not like magicians and she's like i don't like being tricked and i'm like okay god i love andrea that's so funny that's amazing i can't believe we're 57 minutes into this recording and she hasn't even gotten to Liechtenstein or whatever the fuck it is it's castleberry (laughs) yeah that's where frankenberry lives yeah (laughs) yeah anyway so She's like super hurt about the no Santa thing, which is strange. Yeah. But then she comes back with like, hey, your parents dying doesn't mean there's no Santa, which is like. Which is a weird causality. It's right? a weird a thing. crazy equivalency to make. <laughs> so nuts. Just because your parents are dead doesn't mean you're. Doesn't mean there's no Santa. <laughs> Just because mom died doesn't mean there's no Santa kids. Just because mom's in jail because I reported her as a meth user and planted meth on her does not mean that Santa Claus doesn't exist. And yes, I did refer to the meth as milk and cookies, but that's not important. Anyway, she talks to Milo and is just like, hey, don't be an asshole to your sister just because you're upset. And he's like, I just wish Christmas was over because it just makes me think about mom and dad. That is sort of sad. Like his parents. Teenage boys cannot process feelings well. Yeah. Yeah. They died driving to a Christmas party. Yeah. Well, and <laughs> maybe because they died last Christmas. It establishes yeah, that it's only it been like a, a year. year. Yeah. A terrible sleigh accident. Yeah. Which I, I think making it only a year ago is part of the problem because you're like, yeah, of course he's mad. <laughs> also, like, did they not have life insurance? Like, This is why it's important to have life insurance. 
I have some theories on that in fun facts financially, and we will talk about it then. I love this. I cannot wait. This poor <laughs> this poor woman. How old do you think? What's the main character's name? Julie? I thought early 20s. I thought she was like 24. That's a lot of responsibility to take on yeah. all of a sudden when your sister yeah. dies. Also, get life insurance. Everyone yes. should have some. It's pretty cheap. Oh, so you're saying she took the kids in for the money? That could be, actually. No. But I'm saying you need more <laughs> money to raise kids. And like, No, I know. Yeah. And a will. Get life insurance. And a will. Yeah. Both of those things, very important. I mean, I know your lucrative clockmaker job you think will raise a family, but yeah. clock repair isn't that lucrative. And you know what? Time is ticking and you're not getting any younger. Like this beginning of the movie could have happened with her with no kids and would have made just as much sense. <laughs> of like, I'm getting evicted. I can't pay my bills. I've been fired as a clock repair man. Well, no, it wouldn't because then she has no reason to go to Castleberry unless she's related and then it's a porno. <laughs> well, then it's like real royalty. Yeah. Uh, no, <laughs> anyway, so the doorbell rings and it's Paisley Winterbottom. Best character in the movie. Magical butler. And yeah. he shows up and is just like, I'm here from your grandfather. And the kids are like, we have a grandfather because literally has never been talked about. Yeah. And they sort of talk about why Sir Roger Moore wrote his son out of his life when he married a commoner from Buffalo. Which is some bullshit. It's not a nice thing to do. Oh, absolutely. Well, and he owns up to that. I feel like that's yeah. his arc in this movie. I agree. Do you think the parents died being chased by paparazzi in a tunnel? Oh, God, <laughs> Mikey. But honestly, yeah, I do. Yes. And where was 11-year-old John Mulaney at the time? <laughs> sorry. So sorry. That is a great joke that like only John Mulaney fans are going to get, but I love Which it. Which is a lot of people, but yes. I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I can't believe John Mulaney and Olivia Munn are already broken up and she still has a reminder of their relationship in her womb. Did they break up already? Yeah. I would 100% marry and take care of that baby. I, I Not the baby, but I would marry Olivia Munn and take care of that baby. Mikey, I don't want you to do that because I don't want Olivia Munn to end up in jail. And I just know how your track record with this is going to go. Like, oh my God, she uses meth? <laughs> she calls it milk and cookies. Uh. I think I could make it work with Olivia Munn. I mean, I think we could. Oh, Mikey. Uh, let's find out. Olivia Munn, if, you're, if you happen to be listening, yeah. please reach out to Michael Randolph, I will raise your baby. <laughs> you have now become my type. <laughs> I mean, she does have a good smile, Mikey. You'd, you'd be a fan. I'll put her teeth in the next game that I make. <laughs> so they talk about how they don't talk about the grandfather or that side of the family in this house because they were cut off. Yeah. He basically tells them a lie that's like, hey, but grandfather's like dying though. So like, right? you should come for Christmas. <clears throat> Here are the tickets. And then here's a check for traveling expenses, which did you read the check? It's like $12,000. It's $12,000. Yeah. But if you're flying, yeah. probably on short notice, first class to Europe, that doesn't surprise me. There are three of them. Yeah. Well, but they, they have tickets, but then they also have a check. Oh, shit. Okay. I didn't realize yeah. that they had tickets included. Okay. I'd be going to Lichtenstein. Yeah, me too. Like, I'd be like, listen, I just got fired. I don't care what happens to this stuff. I've got $12,000 in first class tickets to Lichtenstein or Castleberry or whatever. It's, it's Castleberry, but I think it's supposed to be next to Licht Lichtenstein, where it's like Lichtenstein's neighbor. It's Lichtenstein adjacent. <laughs> It's Liechtenstein adjacent. Um, but my favorite is that all of the, the plane tickets, because we see plane tickets a couple different times in this movie, and it's all Castleberry Air. And I'm like, not only do they have their own airfield, they have their own airline that's flying into, L like, or I guess yeah. it would be New York. Yeah, like JFK or whatever. 
Like, that's crazy. I have a direct flight to Castleberry. <laughs> From JFK to Castleberry. Uh-huh. I used to go to... I think it was Castleberry, Maryland. I, there's a Castleberry in Maryland close to where I used to live. And that's what I thought oh. every time they said it. I was like, oh, they're just in Maryland? <laughs> <laughs> I'm the Prince of Maryland. <laughs> the Prince of Maryland? <laughs> no, it was Florida. It was Florida. It was Castleberry, <laughs> Florida. That's Castleberry, way different. Florida. Yeah. Oh, I see. I want to meet the Prince of Florida. <laughs> yeah. Castleberry is right next to Winter Springs where I lived in Florida for a few years. Ah, uh, and, and yeah. Castleberry Air is just an ornery alligator because they got on MTV and no toothbrushes so she turns them down gives them back the check gives them back the airplane tickets you name it yeah she's like get out of my house that we're about to be evicted from well here, here's the thing they never establish eviction we just know that her check to the nanny bounced and she yeah. just lost her job uh, i'll talk about the house in a bit uh in, in fun facts because i did some some house sleuthing okay so She's at home watching a Christmas Carol and she basically she sees this picture of her and her sister. And this made me cry way too much. I know. Right. And she was like, you bitch, take care of your own kids. (laughs) (laughs) When you died, when that tornado hit that handgun factory, I didn't expect this much responsibility. Handgun NATO is I am pitching this movie to Netflix right now. Handgun NATO. That's my wrestler name. (laughs) Handgun NATO. Oh, yeah. I'm handgun NATO. I'm about to pop off a storm on you. (laughs) Anyway, and, and she basically has this very heartfelt conversation of like, I'm trying really hard, but I just can't do it. And she's kind of recapping the movie as we've seen so far. Yeah, we're, ten, right. we're 10 minutes in recapping the first 10 minutes. Like, okay, let's <laughs> yeah, yeah. move it on. Uh, but she just basically finishes with, I wish you were here to tell me what to do. And just as she says that. And take that, care of your kids. Yeah, oh, my and God. Care, <laughs> uh, just as she says that, the plane tickets come through their mailbox slot. Yeah. Yeah. Paisley Winnobottom was listening all along. <laughs> yeah, like, did I hear financial distress? Flooped. <laughs> so we cut to they're on the way to Castleberry Hall because they've decided to go. And it's a full blown castle. And as yes. soon as she sees it, she's like, this is a nightmare. You can't break anything here. <laughs> Which I thought was funny that she was like, at our house, you could break whatever you want. Right. I did think this was funny. You're right. Um, but also, and I have more notes on it in fun facts, but this is one of the first places where we really hear the score for this movie. And it was done on a Casio keyboard for yeah. children and you cannot convince me otherwise. But then in fun facts, I found out that it's actually like a child's Casio keyboard cover of a much more famous movie score. <laughs> and we will talk about it in fun facts. Yes. Anyway, so they meet the staff and this is, you know, Mrs. Birch, Abigail and Floyd are kind of the main ones that we talk to. And Mrs. Birch is assigned to Jules. Abigail is assigned to Maddie and Floyd is assigned to Milo. I did like how Milo was like, wait, can I have Abby? Like, that's not <laughs> yeah, what this like- is, bro. <laughs> Bro, no. And they go into the castle and the staff kind of talks among themselves and they're just like, they're quite spirited. I like that they're here. And you're just like, okay, cool, I guess. The staff does fall in love with them way too quick for no reason. Well, I mean, they're like children. Well, I feel about it like Beauty and the Beast, where it's like they work for an old crotchety man who's angry all the time. And it's a change of pace. And so they're like, you know, there may be something here that wasn't there before. And they just kind of go for it. Okay, so you say that, but there is a locked room. And I literally said, if there's a a rose slowly decaying in a glass case, (laughs) I'll be very upset. 
Yeah. My opinion was more of the Downton angle, which was like, they're here for the drama. Like, welcome aboard. They're going to fuck shit up. Yep. I mean, wouldn't you be, though? I would be. Hell yes, yeah. exactly. If you had a crotchety boss, you'd be like, all right, all right, oh, all right. Oh, he brought his exchange. <laughs> what is the word? What was that, Mikey? <laughs> he brought his uh, estranged family in for Christmas to like reconnect, <laughs> and his son died in a handgun sleigh bell accident. <laughs> Handgun sleigh bell accident. Yeah, his son crashed a hang glider into a skyscraper. Like whatever it is, whatever the accident is. Never forget, guys. We say that it was probably like murder suicide. <laughs> <laughs> you made me leave my rich family for you. <laughs> hey, 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 hey! Don't talk about Harry and Meghan like that. Uh, <laughs> he pulled a notebook. I'm sorry, that was very mean, and they were super racist, and they had every right to leave. And I'm glad that they're here Honestly, in America. Same. Welcome back, Meghan Markle. I'm glad your husband wanted to tag along on your success. Yeah, he seems pretty cool based on that interview. He actually I mean, does seem like a pretty decent fella. I'm not gonna lie. The fact that he left that and did what's best for his family—that's yeah. like a pretty stand-up kind of thing. I'm sure they're still being financially taken care of on some level, but she actually is a legit working actress, and oh. yeah, she is. She she could probably live a long time off her. Residuals. The thing about America is like being super famous is a way to make money. So you, he's they're fine. Yeah, they're gonna be fine forever. Like great and good for them. Like, but walking away from family in a public way like that is got it's gotta be hard. So I, I do yeah. have a lot of respect for him specifically for doing that. Yep. Anyway, so they get a tour of the house. They slip on that great like hallway floor that they keep waxed, you know, just in case they have a nighttime encounter with the hallway floor, I guess. <laughs> nobody else nobody else is here for my castle bikini wax joke great cool moving on <laughs> i had to unpack it very slowly <laughs> you gotta be gentle with those bikini wax jokes yeah you gotta you know skin can get inflamed uh we we see maddie's room first which is like a full-on princess room and then we see milo's room who has like suits of armor and too much access to fire but no tv and then we see Jules's room, which is definitely Maddie's room, just redressed. So here's what I hated about these shots. They start to do like POV shots where it's like the height of the character and like yes. people are looking directly into the camera. And I hate it. I hate it so much. Stop <laughs> doing <laughs> that. That is terrible. <laughs> and it's like shaky because they couldn't afford a steady cam. Like, oh, it's so mad. I hated it so much. What what boggled my mind is so the first time I saw Jules's room, I like because they ha it's the same shot where they like open up the door to the room. But you're the camera's already in the room. So yeah. like you're seeing them experience the room for the first time. And that's a mistake in this case where you're going to redress the same room because as she opens, you see that it's the same view into the hallway because it was the same shot we got for the princess room. Yeah. And the layout is the same. And you're just like, oh, this is clearly the same room. Yeah. <laughs> like, how crazy is that? And then later, it's a completely different room, which <laughs> I thought was very funny. Yeah. Well, and I think it was just because they wanted that view of her coming through the door and they, they wanted that like reveal shot, but only one of the rooms was set up in a way that's conducive to that shot. And then for Milo's, they do it different where they do kind of like the POV track into the room. And so it was specifically her and Maddie's room where you're just like, that's the fucking same room. What's, what's happening? Yeah, I was still uh, really weirded out that they were like having a mile subplot of him hitting on housekeepers. <laughs> 
a, a little bit, although they drop that pretty fast. Thank God. Anyway, so we kind of stay in Jules's room as she's starting to unpack. And uh, she looks out the window as a very fancy car approaches and baby Jamie Fraser from Outlander gets out. Did not even notice until Paige told me. I know. Really? Mikey didn't notice it was him till like halfway wow. through the movie. I mean, he does look pretty different because he's put on a lot of muscles. Yeah. But I noticed it was him. Also, that car he got out of was gorgeous. It was beautiful. He looks younger in Outlander than he does here. He's 30 in this movie, by yeah. the way. I'll take what he's having. Me too. Right? He's like, I'm <laughs> right? a 35. I'm going to get jacked. Wish I could do that. <laughs> I mean, he has like a fitness thing if you want to do exactly what he does, I guess. Send me that link. I will. So we unpack Maddie's suitcase and she packed Doritos, but because they can't show that they're Doritos, the bags are always backwards. It's yes. always oh, just so the nutrition stupid. I thought that was so funny, but they very That's clearly so are Doritos Cool Ranch. Yes, Cool Ranch and the nacho cheese, yes. but they're just all facing down in her suitcase. Yes, because I did not even pick up that she had a subplot of she loved chips until the end where they're like, she could give up chips. And I was like, what? <laughs> No, what? Leave her and her chips alone. Yeah, also, <laughs> why does she have to give up chips? She has a trans fat addiction. Oh, I thought she just really liked Eric Estrada, which I understand. <laughs> Leave my chips alone. <laughs> I'm watching my stories. <laughs> I love that you laughed at that joke, and Mikey just looked very disappointed. I do. I am very disappointed. Both of you. <laughs> So we cut to Milo unpacking and he's packed like a fancy hockey jersey. No, it's not a fancy hockey jersey. It's like a local team that's been signed by a local hockey player that he's very proud of. The Swashbucklers is their name. Okay. I mean, we'll see it come up at dinner here in a second, you know? like Yeah, 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 yeah. We cut to Jules unpacking and she's packed like multiple romance novels, yeah. which is never something we've established about her before. We have like her main plot in this movie so far has been I'm exhausted. I'm taking care of the kids. I'm working super hard. We have not addressed her relationship status or anything at well, all. Paige, it makes sense. It's hard to raise two kids that aren't yours and have a dating life. So she like reads in the bathtub. Winky, blinky. <laughs> yeah, you know, I no, I've been there. But like, I just thought it was funny that this is how they chose to communicate that she was lonely. <laughs> was romance novels that's how women be i don't know <laughs> you know a single woman be reading romance novels right yeah. i mean when i was single i read romance novels like crazy didn't you write one page yeah you know what we don't need to talk about it yeah it, yeah, it was released as, as cult podcast bonus content i know you guys should check it out well that's why i'm good at dating because like, i'm a very like elaborate sexter so i'm like we're out in the farm the grass <laughs> is green the wind is blowing my leg hairs gently blow in the wind of my beautiful <laughs> calf muscles. That's very specific. Well, that's the thing about sexing. You just have to be specific. About your calves? <laughs> the wind ripples past my peasant calves. <laughs> peasant calves. I'm in golf shorts. <laughs> Childbearing calves. Childbearing calves. I can hold so many children and play with them. You think <laughs> we could birth six children together and he can hold them up with those calves. <laughs> the maid is unpacking her romance novels and is like, you know, we have a fully stocked library in the East Wing. And she does say East Wing. Yeah. Which I do think is a nod to Beauty and the Beast. It's got to be, right? Yeah. 
And she's like, you know what? Why don't you just let me unpack? Because I think at this point, she had not unpacked enough to find the vibrator that clearly went along with those romance novels. Right. And she wanted to unpack that in peace. Uh, As you do. I'd imagine that you would be a little nervous traveling if you had one of those in your luggage, like that it's going to go off and just start vibrating. Nowadays, they're tough to get through TSA. Because you have to take out your electronics into that extra bin. Hell so yeah. You, I guess you just pack a carry-on that's just that if you're like going on a day trip somewhere. Or you check it, I guess. <laughs> I guess not Checking your carry-on. would be what you would do. Yeah, yeah. you would check yeah, it. Yeah, and take the batteries out of it or whatever. Yeah. I don't know. I have not traveled with <laughs> Uh, So we find out that dinner is at half past eight and that the Duke, their grandfather, does not abide tardiness right so she says goodbye to her but then chases after her because she realizes that she doesn't know where the dining room is and as she runs out into the hallway she runs into who we will find out is ashton who is technically her brother-in-law yes yeah although when they are at dinner she makes a very clear point to say that they are not related they are not related (laughs) and which i think is more for the audience than anyone else where it's like it is yeah it's gotta be yeah we need you to invest in them as a couple. And so we're going to establish that they're not related. Right. We're definitely not related. Would you like to see the tree? <laughs> we're not related, which means we could be later. Yes. <laughs> like, yeah. Don't worry about it. Anyway, she breaks a sconce, which like, how dare you, I guess. Uh, <laughs> and he gives her directions to the dining room. And I think in this scene, they're trying to portray him as cold. But he seems nice enough. Like, he doesn't... Yeah, he seems real nice. Yeah. yeah. They should have threw in the girlfriend right here instead of making him seem Because the girlfriend... Uh, this sounds terrible. The girlfriend is the one thing that makes him look bad. Yeah, agreed. <laughs> because she's terrible. There. <laughs> Mikey, so have I. I've dated mm-hmm. a girl that all of my friends hated, and for some reason they still let me move to San Diego for her without having an intervention. Well, maybe she shouldn't have told us how to carve our pumpkin. All right, moving on. <laughs> That's a real story, you guys. It is a real the story. The girl who cheated yeah. on Todd in San Diego also was real anal about how to carve pumpkin. She was like, yours is real ugly, and I was like, so is your soul. <laughs> <laughs> it was, though, Mikey. Anyway, we <laughs> cut to, they're late for dinner, they rush down to the dining hall, And they do kind of make it, sort of. But Sir Roger Moore is like not having it where he's like, are you sure they're the right family? And we reveal that he's not about to die. They have been lied to as a ruse to get them to come visit. Yes. And I mean, this is the one thing because this made me kind of tear up a little bit because Maddie immediately accepts him. And it's just like my grandpa and like hugs him. Yeah. Like really it's sweet. Very, I loved it. Yeah. Sweet. Yeah. Um, but he is like not super reciprocating at first. Well, yeah, because they rehearse on the plane. Grandpa's super rich. You've got to get in there quick. Do you want to <laughs> eat oh, next month? Because we need funds. I mean, really, they should have just been like, hey, remember how you're not related? It's time for you to get related. <laughs> like, we've already <laughs> done our part by being born into this family. We're going to need you to do some work. Right. Anyway, uh, so they find out that, <laughs> that he's not dying. Uh, and the kids meet Ashton. Also, by the way, it's Sir Roger Moore. It's, yeah, it's James Sir Roger Moore. Yeah. It's James Bond. fucking Bond. Yeah. Is their grandpa. Who's throughout the film he's dressed like Dracula. Yeah, most of the time. <laughs> Maybe he's the vampire. Do you think he's the one who bit Santa? <gasps> How oh dare you? Yeah, oh, he, my oh God. man. He he yells a lot in this movie. <laughs> 
It's just him being mad. I would love to be a maid in this house. Like a butler. Like, you see that guy fucking yell about the Christmas tree last night? <laughs> Hilarious. Hilarious. Made that little girl cry. <laughs> but also we find out, because he's kind of talking to Paisley as they're like getting settled, that the kids look just like his firstborn son. Yeah. Charles. Yes, Charles. And so he's kind of reminded of them, of of Charles, because the children are there. Um, this is where we talk about Milo wearing a hockey jersey. Yeah. And, and Roger Moore's just like, well, we don't do hockey. Cricket, that's a man's game. And I'm like, you expect this like 13 or whatever, how old he's supposed to be, American kid to know about cricket? <laughs> like, Yeah, so- I mean, most Americans know cricket exists, but don't know it's like what baseball derived from, like right. any of that stuff. Like, I, I couldn't tell you any of the rules of cr- cricket, although I know, I know a none. sticky wicket is a thing, and that has always made me laugh when people have said it. I thought that was croquet. Oh, shit, you might be right. <laughs> I th- yeah, I think sticky wicket, wicket is, is croquet. croquet. And those are different? I thought that that was just someone trying to cheat at Scrabble. Nope, those are different. Okay, fair enough. Anyway, Ashton asks how long they'll be staying, and she's like, oh, trying to get rid of us already? But again, he's done nothing but be polite to her. Yeah, and honestly, I didn't get the vibe that he was like, hey, when are you leaving? I thought he was just like, hey, how long are you staying? Like, he was like starting conversation. He's like, I've never met you before, and this is small talk. (laughs) I thought it was small talk, too. And she's like, oh, are you trying to get rid of us already? He's like, no, bitch, I was just asking a question. I'm so sorry. I like, got like, to offend you. Bitch, we flew you out here. What's, what? <laughs> I know. What, was the first class flights and $12,000 not an indication that we would <laughs> like you here? Or at least tolerate you. Yeah, If exactly. you come to a rush party, I would have at least been nice to you. <laughs> yeah, if you give me $12,000, I'm going to be like, I'm staying for as, as ever long as you like. Yeah. Mikey, that's the charge for the Mikey boyfriend experience. It's $12,000. Yeah. That's where I paint your nails and call you pretty. <laughs> you can Venmo your $12,000 to Todd Awesome, and I'll make sure it happens. <laughs> That's a low enough amount that somebody is going to try and do that. Well, don't really Venmo me that. Please, God, no. Yeah. Anyway, Sir Roger Moore is just like, is there anything you would like to ask your grandfather after all these years? And Milo's like, yeah, why'd you give us the shaft? (laughs) (laughs) Straight to the point. I loved it. Straight to the point. And he's like, well, it's simple. Your mother had no title, so she was unsuitable. (laughs) So crazy. It's so crazy. Uh, But this is the point at which Jewel, when he's like, I was being a complete. And then Jules tries to like finish his sentence. And she says, dingle dork. I was being a dingle dork. (laughs) Which that word doesn't exist, right? Like that's not a thing. Okay. No, it doesn't. The fake swears in this, in this movie are hilarious. It's almost as bad as Jupiter's cock from the mummy. Jupiter's cock. That we talked about. Yeah. Yeah. Saturn shits on me again. Yeah. No, Spartacus (laughs) blood and sand is fucking great. So we reveal that he's not dying and he was in on the lie. So it wasn't just Paisley lying. Like he told Paisley to tell them he was dying. Which is, you know, whatever. And and so he says, well, we're all here. We're all family. How do you feel about that? And then Milo's like, that depends on how you're going to make it up to us. And I was just like, damn, Milo, you got to be more subtle. <laughs> Milo was like, you think $12,000 is enough? <laughs> yeah. About $12 million. I've seen your castle. Uh, so Jules kind of pulls him aside later in the evening. And he's like, look, if I have to stay in Castlevania with Grandpa Wingnut, which... Castlevania is like a well-known like Dracula's castle. Well, it's like an an it's like an anime video game yeah. property. Yeah, it is. <laughs> it's like a real it's a, thing. It's a real Konami video game. It's a big video game franchise before it was an anime, but yeah, Dracula does live there, just yes. like Roger Moore. Yes, and there's a lot of weird <laughs> Catholic imagery in that game. 
because Jake plays Castlevania. And I'm always just like, huh. Well, yeah, it's Dracula. Yeah. He's a Catholic supervillain. He's like the Joker of that expanded Catholic universe. Yeah. <laughs> Where is he? Where's baby Jesus? <laughs> He's not King Herod. That's Batman. It's Batman. I know, but King Herod was looking for baby Jesus. Oh, oh, oh. yeah. That's but maybe cut. he was a vampire and he was Dracula. This whole time. There you go. King Herod as Dracula. King Herod was Batman all along. He's got the funds. <laughs> Oh my God. King Herod was a puppet of the Roman state. This is true. That's what he wanted you to think. <laughs> the Playboy King Herod was <laughs> Batman. So Milo manages to finagle a TV in his room and she still makes him unplug it because he's still grounded. But uh, Floyd, his underbutler, is like, you're not missing much. We don't have HBO. <laughs> <laughs> so he ends up with no TV. Right. But he immediately responds the way all teenagers do with, you're not my real mom and you never will be. And she's like, I know you little brat. I don't want to be here either. I'm only here to try and bed down this prince. Yeah. Like, come on. We all have jobs to do. Yeah. We all know what we're doing. You need to be nicer to count Dracula. Stay focused. <laughs> you need to be nice to Dracula. I need to be nice to Prince cousin brother prince cousin dick whatever his name is in the movie whatever yeah whatever so she goes into the hallway to cry and then goes to visit maddie and abigail has duct taped the doll's head back onto its body right because as a maid she never learned to sew i mean it's modern day so that's possible that's that is possible that's fair okay that, that, that checks out and maddie says her prayers and prays for grandpa not to be grumpy for christmas and god said we have real problems, lady. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I can't keep all the Bonds happy. I mean, maybe Pierce Brosnan's the only one I can manage. It's fine. Pierce Brosnan does seem happy. He seems happy. like the happiest. Yeah. yeah. And I think it's because maybe he knew about 9-11 and set up his son that he didn't like to get killed. <laughs> yeah. And these are just... Paige's mother's theories about theory. the actor Pierce Brosnan from Remember Me. If Pierce Brosnan played the Roger Moore role, that would be the headcanon. Oh, that Charles was Robert Pattinson in 9-11 and that's how he died? Yes, Mikey, absolutely. Fascinating. I honestly, I'm going to go ahead and choose to believe that. And I'm going to choose that, that the director was just like, give me that Bond guy who was in that movie. And they showed up with mm -hmm. Roger Moore and he was like, fuck it. We don't have time to call Pierce. Let's just shoot it. <laughs> Which Roger Moore does look conservatively 20 years too old for this role. Yeah, he looks like he could be uh, Sam. His grandfather. Yeah, Sam Hewins or whatever his name is. Grandfather. Yeah, yes. grandfather. Yeah. Well, he may have been a late father. You know, that's how I'm going to look when I have a grandfather. Same. Just old as Mikey. Fuck. Same. <laughs> I would like Santa exists over there. <laughs> oh, Only for the 1%. <laughs> Ashton is established as the youngest. Yes. Well, and now only son. Now only son. And yeah. he, at least actor, the actor was 30, but we don't know exactly how old he's supposed to be. I would assume late 20s, early 30s. Yeah. But I would say then if that's the case, then Roger Moore should be like as old as my parents. Yeah. Because like my younger sister just turned 32. And so like. My parents are like young, hip, late 50s, early 60s people just like hanging out, watching Netflix, doing stuff. And but Roger Moore's like 80 in this movie. He's like 80 in this movie. Yeah. So he had Ashton or I guess his wife had Ashton when they were in their mid 50s. Yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. But that also 
We don't know how close in age Jules and her sister were or Ashton and his brother were. And so like, I I personally would have to assume that they're close enough that that means that all of his children he would have had in like his mid fifties. Yeah. Which is kind of, I mean, people do that, I guess, but it was just, I was like, this is a little bit of a strange choice. (laughs) But regardless, when she's praying with Maddie, she's like, hey, I know he's not the warm, fuzzy grandpa that you thought he would be, but don't give up on people. And he wasn't nice to your mom and dad, but they loved him anyway. So let's work to like be a happy family. And at this point, Maddie's like, will Santa find us? And she's like, absolutely, because of the twinkling lights. Don't worry. Santa's definitely going to find us. And it was just more <laughs> fodder for my belief that Jules believes in Santa. She and does. I was just yeah. like, because Santa is real in this universe. Yeah. I don't know, but they don't explain it. We'll talk about it when we get to Santa. Table it. So we find out that Ashton has scheduled a hunt and he's talking after dinner with his dad about it. And his dad's just like, I'm grumpy and I don't want to do anything for Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> that is actual dialogue from that this is, movie. That's pretty much yeah, the dialogue. That's yeah. basically it. And and <laughs> and Ashton's like, well, what were you expect? Like, you invited this whole family. What were you expecting? He's like, I was expecting them to make me feel better, but they just remind me of your brother. And he's just like, okay, so you're gonna make everybody else miserable? Like, is that your choice? It's written like yes. he's like a teenager who's going through a rough time, but this man is 80 years old. I wish I could tell you that people grow up and process emotions better, but they don't. That's fair, Mikey. <laughs> well, and this is, he's like putting his foot down about the Christmas tree. I don't want a Christmas tree. I, I was like, okay. Tree. You're not my real tree and you never will be. <laughs> it might as well be that. Uh, and Jules kind of interrupts and is like, hey, why did you have me bring these kids here if they're not going to have like Christmas? Like, that's why you brought it. Like, what's going on? Yeah. We all deserve a Merry Christmas. And so then she leaves. He was like, I gave you $12,000. Shut your whore mouth. <laughs> Shut your fucking mouth. Why don't you buy a Christmas tree that $12,000? <laughs> Which she does. She pays for the Christmas tree. She I know. She had to put it on her emergency credit card. Yep. Which should be paid off because of the $12,000. That's exactly where, if I had $12,000 that was just like loose sitting around somewhere, that's immediately where I would put it. On what I will call some of my credit card debt. Yeah, no, I mean, 12 would cover all of my outstanding debt completely. Oh, lucky. I mean, that's years of shit anyway yeah, so yeah. like uh she leaves and ashton is like well you might want to reconsider the tree just to make the kids happy right? and then and then sir roger moore's like well if you don't like it go back to geneva and you're just like <laughs> whoa what and then he's like why did you even come home and he's like because i'm your son and then he drops what i think is like harshest truth line in this film where he says I might not be your favorite son, but yeah. I'm your only living one. And then just like stomps out of the room and you're like, you tell him Outlander. Get it. <laughs> I'm going back to Culloden. <laughs> Bye. So we cut to the hunt the next day. The horns wake up Jules right before her alarm goes off. I, th- I did think it was funny that the like the trumpet, which is Winter's Bottom that plays the trumpet. I thought it was right. funny that he plays that right as her alarm clock goes off. 
Yeah. Well, and for somebody who fixes clocks, she slaps like four different clocks in this movie. She knocks yes. clocks over all the time. If I could fix clocks, I would be more aggressive yeah. at, cro- at <laughs> clocks, just like I am with people, because I can fix them because I'm a therapist. All right. Next oh, I joke. thought you were going to say that you hit people. <laughs> I was confused. I was like, Mike, are you admitting something? What's happening? No, my brother's a doctor, so he can physically hurt people. I have to emotionally right. hurt them. Yeah. Mm-mm-mm. That checks Mm-mm. out. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so she watches out the window as Ashton rides in on a fancy horse. And this is where we first meet his girlfriend, the Marquess, uh, Marquess Arabella. Yeah. And she sees Jules looking from the window and is like, who's that? And he's like, oh, basically, that's my sister-in-law. She brought my brother's kids. And he's like, and she says, what does she want? And he's like, let's just go on the hunt, which is such a weird question <laughs> to be like, what does she want? Yeah. Like, But she is like lurking <laughs> at the window, staring down at them. So yeah, I think the movie's trying to imply that she's kind of already into him. But like we have not seen anything to oh, suggest yeah, that. I didn't think that yet uh, at all. Except yeah, he's there. Yeah, yeah, he he exists, and she took that personally. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> anyway, so she comes down the next morning, slips on the floor again, and Paisley tells her that the kids are all strapped in for their trip to town. So they go to the village, and then we see Chekhov's orphans, who I thought for sure were going to show back up at the ball later, but no, nope, they do not. <laughs> nope, they do not. But they're just there to like tug on those heartstrings as Maddie and Milo are like, they're orphans just like us. And she's like, well, you've got me. And they're just like, meh. But they do find a Christmas tree lot in the middle of, of like an ancient village, which I found pretty funny. <laughs> they're like, yeah, it's a Christmas tree lot. You have $12,000. You can cut down whatever the fucking tree you want. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You can take our ancestral tree. doesn't matter. You said $200. <laughs> American? We put this like grandmother Willow. We got this avatar tree. Like, what do you want? <laughs> Castle Winterberry dollars aren't very great. Castle Winterberry <laughs> inflation's a big problem in Castle Winterberry. So there's a calliope at the entrance to the tree lot, which is part of the like calliope music, snow globes, music boxes. That was part of her weird fantasy like voiceover yeah. at the beginning of the movie. So wild. Anyway, she and Maddie go in to pick out the prettiest tree. Milo waits outside because he's being a teenager and I'm like, I don't want to go in there. I don't want to go. I want to get a fight with an orphan. Well, yeah, so they pick a tree and then orphan fight because multiple orphans Orphan on orphan action. Yeah. Orphans coming from the top rope. It is an orphan <laughs> fight. We cut, we cut back to the kitchen in the castle where he has a black eye and they're trying to put ice on it. And everyone's kind of scandalized. My favorite part of the fight scene is the other kid doesn't say a word. Like the whole right? time. They just no, physically No, orphans fight. aren't allowed to speak, Mikey. <laughs> Yes, because in this country, orphans, we take their tongue. <laughs> the last time I spoke, my parents fell off the ski lift. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> well, you see, their parents were freedom fighters who didn't believe in the monarchy of Winter Winter Bottom Castle. <laughs> it's Winter Bottom's the butler. It's Castleberry What's the Castle. Castle's name? Winterberry. Castleberry. Winterberry. It's Castleberry. Castleberry. Oh, my so God. So their parents were freedom fighters at Castleberry and were killed during the revolt. <laughs> Those trees were planted on the mass grave of people who wanted freedom. I mean, I can't say that that's not true. Yeah, listen, there's not <laughs> enough evidence to disprove that theory. So, yeah, I think you yeah. might be right. Anyway, meanwhile, back back at the palace, uh, Ashton is cleaning his boots 
as they bring the Christmas tree in through the back door and uh, she runs into him at the back door and he's like, oh, your tree went this way. And she was like, how was the hunt? Because she's still being pissy for some reason. Well, because she doesn't like the idea of fox hunting, right? Like, that's the whole thing, right. I guess. And, and he's like, yeah, this wasn't that. Uh, it's like a, a fake hunt, basically. There's a dude dragging a scent because I don't like fox hunting either. Whatever. Yeah. So he brings her into kind of like a parlor where all of his like hunting friends are hanging out. And... Arabella is like, we'll be formally engaged any day now. He's a prince. Ooh. Yeah. And Jules is kind of like, no, you're not. And he's like, no, I actually I am. I'm, it's on my mom's side. And they're all having tea on this fancy sandwich tray. And she correctly identifies who the artist is and then kind of runs away. But they're kind of, this is where we kind of see Arabella and her brother. And they're kind of dicks. Like, yeah. they're just being too rich for their own damn good. You know. Yeah. Like, I want to be. <laughs> one day Mikey. Just, one day i just have in my notes lady arabella she seems like she kind of sucks yeah she does anyway so the housekeeping staff has found the ornaments in storage so she leaves to go decorate the tree and mrs birch the woman who's like assigned to her like her valet or whatever i don't know valet lady in waiting um <laughs> she shows up and is just like Yo, you got to get rid of this tree because Grumpy Pants here will never approve. And yeah. he has a license to kill. So, like, you know, watch yourself. She goes through such a complex range of emotions in this scene. It freaked me out. Yeah, because, like, they're like, Did, don't you love Christmas? Don't you believe in the magic of Christmas for Weren't children? Weren't you a kid once who, like, loved Christmas? And then she has a full-on breakdown. Yeah, and she's just like, oh, no, I always got coal. And you're just like, what? Okay, jeez. Jeez. And then she immediately gets happy, like, on cocaine happy, and starts helping them decorate the tree. Like, it's such a dramatic flip in emotional tone that I was like, yeah. this is a scary thing to witness. Yeah, this is upsetting, and, and I'm worried for this woman's well-being. Yeah. <laughs> we might need to 5150 this person. Like, it's very scary. In our state, it's called 6404. Oh, is it? A 6404? Okay. I didn't know it changed state to state. Yes. In Florida, it's a Baker Act. Anyway, so this they're up to their balls and ornaments, and so they start decorating the tree. This is oh my, my favorite God. part of the movie. Yeah, my me part too. Of the movie. Me too, Mikey. We cut outside where Ashton is escorting Arabella and her brother into their car, and she accidentally drops her... Well, the kids are running around and knock her, and she drops her purse, and their car runs over it and she's like keep a closer eye on those children like she's a total bitch about it yeah but they do have like sharpied on tire tracks on her purse oh, it was <laughs> so wild i'll be honest i don't remember this purse thing happening at all i'm so sorry oh really that's all right that's the thing with these movies i have like there's memory gaps <laughs> uh so she's like ashton get a handle on your nieces and nephews or whatever and then leaves and ashton's like okay well you guys are gonna have to help paisley with his chores which is feeding the ponies <laughs> like he fully does not give a shit about what arabella said i know which is pretty great uh so he and jules go back inside and he basically helps her decorate the tree and he acts like he's never decorated a tree before, which I guess the staff probably did. It. Yeah, I was about to say he might not have, honestly. He might not have. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but because he tall, she has him like put ornaments up towards the top. That's my dead brother's ornament. <laughs> That's later. That's like half a scene from now. But yeah. <laughs> it all just mixes it together in some sort of Christmas goo. <laughs> so Ashton's helping them 
the kids come back in from feeding the ponies and they all kind of start decorating the tree. And this is where Ashton finds his father's favorite ornament. Yeah, just in time. And tells Maddie. <laughs> and so as they're looking at it, Sir Roger Moore comes in and is just like, um, get this fucking tree up out of my face. Like, he's no, just he like Gandalf <laughs> slams his cane. <laughs> Thou shall not Christmas. <laughs> fa, la, la, la. Yeah. And Maddie just walks up with his ornament and says, like, we saved the prettiest one for you. Ashton said it's your favorite. And then his sad, cold heart grew three sizes immediately. <laughs> Actually, no. He goes into a very depressing story about his dead brother giving him that ornament because he broke his. Yes. He broke his. It's very sweet. And and he, but he immediately is just like, I remember the meaning of Christmas. Thank you, Jules. And from that moment on, there's no conflict really in the rest of the movie. No, except for Arabella being a bitch. Yes. Like that, that is it for the rest of the film. Now that we've got the pesky Christmas problem out of the way, now we got to bump <laughs> right. off the almost fiance. That was an unfortunate rhyme, but it's still, it's true. It's true. Yep. <laughs> so they all decorate the tree together and, and he says, oh, let the staff do it. And they're like, no, 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 we have to do it. Like we all do it. I'm not going to lie to you. Putting ornaments on the tree is like the most annoying It's one part of my favorites. Chris. Oh, I, I like doing it. Natalie and I got in our, we wore our Christmas cat onesies and decorated our tree upstairs. It was a lot of fun. Uh, I did it alone this year. Well, I'm sorry. This is the first time I've had my own Christ- like major Christmas tree. Oh, really? Okay, cool. I have also enjoyed doing it alone sometimes. I did. I had a good day of decorating. But I mean, the putting the ornaments on over and over again, I'm just like, man, I wish I had a staff member do it. I can just be like, I want that one over there and that one over there. That's how Natalie uses me when we're decorating the okay, tree. Okay. Because I'm she kind of a- very much is like, no, I don't want that one there. I want that one over there. And I'm like, oh, I thought it was our. Uh, okay, I'll put it wherever you want. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> And in truth, I don't really care that much. So if you have a certain feeling about wanting it somewhere, that's fine. I'll put it there because I don't care. Yeah. I like when they say put it there. Same. Paige, it's a sex joke. Out of the <laughs> no, I know. I would argue that I should know better than you. <laughs> Probably. It's a consent thing, Mikey. Stop winking at us. Wang it, boing it. Dad and I both have wang more wang sex wang. than you do. That's probably true. I'm sure that's true. Yeah. But Me I don't too. do terrible. I winked for the people at home. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, back to this movie. So during the decorating of the tree, Ashton approaches Jules and is like, hey, Milo still seems to be having a rough time. And he's like, I'm going to take care of it. Don't worry about it. Yeah. His parents died last year. Yeah, I know. Right. (laughs) I do. I do kind of like what happens because the next morning he wakes him up and takes him out uh, to practice archery Mm -hmm. and kind of teaches him how to do it and basically says, like, let the anger go with the arrow. And I was like, okay, that's kind of like, you know, it was cool. Cool. Yeah, channel it into something else. I mean, he talked about his brother dying and that they were close and stuff. Yeah, well, and, and we find out later, later in the movie, that his brother was like a champion archer. So yeah, we do. We find out when they break into his old former room that was locked up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They knock down that flower that's yeah. slowly losing petals, and they're like, here's his <laughs> archery photos. And we find out that's how they died, was that unfortunate archery accident on the sleigh ride. That's what it was. Where they he shot an arrow to impress her at the star of a Christmas tree, but the wind caught it and it came back around and killed them both. Yeah, yeah. One arrow, two heads. It was rough. <laughs> so rough. His dad was Hawkeye and then he got snapped. 
(laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. Okay. I like that canon though, where his dad, like their parents are Hawkeye and Black Widow. (laughs) That means they'll be back because this takes place during the time period when the snap happened, but they hadn't unsnapped yet. So they're going to be back. Right. Their parents were actually killed by Thanos. (laughs) Yeah. I do like that their parents are going to come back and realize that she and her sister married two brothers, which I guess is fine, but sort of weird. I mean... Um my sister and I briefly dated two brothers in high school. I mean, yeah, it's not like incest. It's just interesting. Yeah, I think it probably doesn't happen all that often, but it's it's one of those things where you're like, this isn't technically against the rules, but it's weird. <laughs> so we cut to the next morning and Paisley goes to wake up Roger Moore and he's just like, we've got to make the Christmas bowl. Get the invitations out and invite all of Ashton's friends. How are the children? You're just like, wow, this is a turn, but okay. <laughs> so we cut back into the house where they're looking for the doll head and Ashton finds him in the hallway and he's like, you don't want a new doll? And she's like, no. And he's like, okay, then everyone look for the doll head. You guys have a tea party. Jules and I are going to go learn how to dance basically yeah absolutely so they kind of learn to waltz is like the first time they dance um and we find out that he plays violin as a kid well that he's been learning to play violin since he was five right yeah five years old can you imagine trying to get a five-year-old to play the violin no it would be terrible i know sorry i just tried to look up to see if the violin was real uh like if he played it and i found an interview of how he feels about this movie from last christmas <laughs> we'll go into it later save that for fun facts yeah i love yeah, this okay perfect this is amazing good find page good find thank you thank you thank you uh anyway so they they are learning to dance meanwhile roger moore is like i want to expand your cultural education over the next two days or whatever to the kids because right. how long are they actually staying pick whatever you want And so Maddie picks ballet and then Milo picks electric guitar. And so they're waltzing while all of that's happening. And it's like a cacophony of sound. And she's like, we've got to loosen up. And she ruffles his hair and is like, I take gymnastic classes (laughs) at the Y. Yeah. Which, like, I don't even know what that means. And then she turns on hip hop music and I am upset. And she says, I know you're a prince, but there's a gangster in there somewhere. I'm here to tell you there is not. No, we saw (laughs) him try. Guys, it gets... It's so bad. This scene is so not. I could it's so not cringe. watch it full on. I had to look away. I watched away. it full on. I, did I was too, like, grind on it. him, grind on that prince. <laughs> <laughs> but they don't. They seal the deal. Here's the thing: like they are hip hop dancing separately without touching like oh yeah they're just next to each other yeah yeah just next to each other like they have to have their own separate hip-hop moment and it's clear that they got no direction <laughs> no <laughs> there's no music playing in the on the on the actual set they're just like no jiggle it out bitches <laughs> <laughs> jingle it out bitches it's so upsetting and here's the thing is like i think if you went and asked just these people like these actors in their day-to-day lives hey do you feel like you know how to hip-hop dance they'd both be like no Absolutely not. <laughs> like, because it's so bad because every single person in the scene is far too white for it. Yeah. It's just like. So I, I'll say this. While I was watching this scene, I was like, okay, either the guy from Outlander can't dance or he is dancing the way a prince who has never hip hop danced ever would dance. <laughs> he, 
you mean he's either a brilliant actor or yeah. a terrible yeah. dancer? I did not know if he was a terrible dancer or just a great actor. Um, is enough plausible deniability where I think yes. he's safe? Yeah, I think he's in the clear. Here's what here's what I'm gonna say. As someone who has watched Men in Kilts, I'm gonna say maybe it's both. <laughs> I think it's good in Outlander. So yeah, I think he's a good actor. But yeah, yeah, I, I yeah. thought that this might have been an acting choice. That's and that's what I will choose to believe. <laughs> there you go. There, I'll take that. Yeah. I'll take it as an acting choice. It's oof. <laughs> I mean, it looks like Todd at a wedding. I'm gonna be honest with you. <laughs> She's equally as bad though. Like, oh yeah, like, yeah. She it, took a Zumba class or whatever. She should be killing it. Yeah, she took a gymnastic. <laughs> okay, I once dated a girl who is a hip hop dance instructor at a Y. So okay, I also can jiggle like that. <laughs> you mean like something that might be dying or having a seizure, and we're just not sure, but we're gonna let it happen until we find out what's going on. Yeah, hip hop dancing. I thought we've talked about this. Yeah. <laughs> no, I watch hip hop choreography videos on YouTube all the time because I am fascinated by them. But I have no illusions about my ability to perform those dances right anyway arabella shows up to be like we were supposed to see my parents for lunch and he's just like oh i forgot because you suck <laughs> and i'm learning how to jazzercise dance or whatever a gymnastic that woman moved her hips in a way that got me excited <laughs> i would rather stab forks into my thighs than go to lunch with you we forgot to talk about the archery scene where the camera pans up and it's uh, the ant just sploosh. <laughs> She's ruining her jeans. Just, yeah. She's watching Outlander season one, episode seven. We get it. We get it. We get it. <laughs> but the winter bottom, there seems to be a water leak somewhere in the household. Paisley, could you use a mop in here? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I must have sat in some snow. <laughs> well, this is, I mean, this is clearly them trying to like paint this picture of her being super attracted to him. Yes. It, but it like, because they just don't interact all that much. Well, they don't dance together at all. They, 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 they had me believing it when he was rich. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, she, when he, when she watches him drive up in that car at the very beginning, she's like, cha-ching. <laughs> she's just got this stack of romance novels like i know what to do <laughs> yeah exactly, exactly. <laughs> who wouldn't think that at a foreign castle you've been invited to stay at and a hot person drives up in a fancy car i'd be like i, I mean to be fair mikey you once described him as quote the hottest man in scotland <laughs> <laughs> he is in 1434 or whatever the fuck he 17 is. He's the only one who's discovered bathing in that show. <laughs> Everyone else is a dirty fucking mess at all times. And he's like, I'm sparkling clean. <laughs> anyway, so he reschedules dinner or lunch with her family. But as they're like kind of figuring that out, Paisley comes up and is like, there's been a problem with the canapes. Which would you choose? Shrimp or, shrimp or salmon? And it's like a shrimp souffle or a salmon mousse or something. I don't remember. I would go with the shrimp quiche. I would too because I make a mean quiche. Although I don't usually do seafood quiche. But like shrimp, I, I feel like is a pretty universal. You can make it work. Yeah. Anyway, Arabella interrupts and is just like, salmon. And he's just like, eh, I'm not sure. And so Paisley's like, okay, come back. I'll come back later and ask. Yeah. And he's like, okay, fine. So Arabella is like, I got the most splendid dress for tomorrow. Like, bye. I'll see you tomorrow. And he is kind of like, uh, okay. So we cut to Jules's room where we reveal that she doesn't really have a dress. Like, she packed whatever her fanciest thing was, and it is not going to be fancy. It's enough. not on par, right? It like she would stick out like a sore thumb. And I do right. like that the staff 
cavorted together to ruin that dress so that they could come together and buy her a new one. <laughs> I thought it was intentional also. It definitely yes. was, yeah. So she's wandering around the castle and she stops to like fix a clock and it happens to be right outside Roger Moore's office. So she overhears him and Ashton talking about the guest list. Yes, for the ball, right? Yeah. Yeah, for the ball. And they're talking about like who is coming, who's not coming. And they're complaining about, do they have to invite someone named Bunny McCracken, who I'm so glad that we meet and see her later. Me too. Because if there was not a reveal on that joke, I was going to be really upset. (laughs) (laughs) I was going to be like, justice for Bunny McCracken. Because, like, first of all, that name is insane. And I was like, they better make her live up to this name. And I think they do. I think it works out. I know. She never has any speaking lines. And this is the only movie that actress has been in because, yes, I looked that up. But I loved that they showed her. Um, But so Jules doesn't know who they're talking about because they just pointed to a name on a paper. Yes, they don't say that out loud. So she thinks they're talking about her. Yeah. She thinks they're talking about her. Classic Hallmark mix-up. I do love the... I, I love the concept that, that his dad is like, your girlfriend is a bitch. <laughs> yeah. The conversation. Like, he's having the conversation with him. Yeah. Like, I've rediscovered Christmas, and now that I give a shit again, the first thing I need to tell you is, your girlfriend's a bitch. And you this is the conversation I needed you guys to have with me after the pumpkin carving party before I moved to San Diego. Now that yes. Halloween has taken its place in our hearts, we need to tell you that your girlfriend is a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> so they, they say that they, she has no title or fortune, and she's obscenely crass yes and they just have to hope that she's not an embarrassment and so she overhears this and things are talking about her when they're actually talking about mrs mccracken bunny mccracken <laughs> yes lady mccracken which sounds like a porn name i'm just gonna say it right bunny mccracken yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. I, thought, I thought it was like a like a kind of like a uh, like a joke for bond girl names oh yes. shit it might have been yeah so ashton walks out sees that she's fixed the clock and he's like that clock hasn't worked in years you're amazing because he clearly at this point is kind of falling for her. Oh, yeah. I think they do a better job of demonstrating it for him than they do for her. Agreed. Like her, they just give her like shots of her staring out the window. Menacingly. Menacingly. <laughs> kind of like the evil witch in Snow White. Yeah. He is like spending time with her and the kids. And I think yeah. he's growing to kind of love them as like a family. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, they're a package deal. Yeah. She's like, I got to go make cookies. I promised the kids. And he's like, "Okay, bye. And so she leaves. Meanwhile, he's playing violin by the fire, kind of like sad, but pretty. Yeah. And the maids are listening and eating cookies. And they're just like, I wonder what made him start playing again. And they're like, or who? (laughs) Meanwhile, Floyd runs in because he found the head. And so Ashton takes it to Jules's room and is like, hey, I found the head. And she's clearly been crying, clearly been sobbing uncontrollably. And he asks her the question about the canapes and she says, well, which do you like? And he's like, shrimp. And she's like, yeah, I think I'd go shrimp too. And so... He's like, okay, good night, because the canopy question really isn't about canopies at all. (laughs) (laughs) I do love that they like set this up as the moment where he's like, yeah, I think I should be with her and not my almost fiance because we have the same taste in seafood. Yeah. (laughs) It was wild. Meanwhile, Milo is sneaking into the East Wing to take over that rose with the falling petals. <laughs> well, we just find out that there's no rose. It's just his dad's old room. Yeah. I will say Castleberry seems like a very architecturally significant city. <laughs> and that's seafood. They definitely do have seafood access. Yeah. 
<laughs> even though I'm almost sure that they're landlocked. But whatever. Don't worry about it. Right. <laughs> this mythical place. But whoever wrote those buildings, mwah, chef's kiss. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> it's a shame about that civil war and that uh, genocide. <laughs> the one that you made up? Yeah. This is a shame. I mean, it's all made up. So I'm on board with that being canon. Yeah. Uh, so... Ashton finds him in that room and they have actually a very, very sweet conversation about yeah. his dad. This is one of the ones where I was like, oh Me too, same. Yeah. He's gonna send her back through the stones. Like, you know, just like <laughs> And he's gonna leave a note saying, Don't don't start the civil war. That will end up killing you and your wife and leaving your son and daughter abandoned <laughs> in time. Anyway, they decide to leave that room open from now on so he can kind of see his father's yeah, stuff. It's all that remains of his, his father. And I thought that was yeah sweet. So we cut to the next day where it is the day of the ball and Jules, uh, somebody knocks on Jules' door and we find out that the uh, staff has conspired to ruin her dress. Right. I mean, the movie doesn't say that. No, they play it like an accident, but it's they clearly play it like yeah. an accident where they've accidentally burned through her dress with an iron. But a hundred percent, this was intentional. Yeah, they. If you look at that, they clearly cut a hole and then just put the iron on top of it, and we're like, "All right, it's a burn mark or whatever." It's clearly not. Whatever, it's fine. Uh, so at this point, Jules is like, "Well, maybe I just won't go to the ball. I'll just sit this one out." Yeah, and then decides to leave instead. Yeah, just to leave her kids with yeah, girls yeah. who yeah. they just <laughs> met. Yes. It was wild. I was like, "Why did you jump from I'll just not attend the ball to I'm going?" Going back to Buffalo because she's been wanting to get rid of these two kids for a year. <laughs> <laughs> she plays it off like she's going back to find a job. Yeah. Well, and, and this is also so this is one of the other places in this movie where they have like a fake swear word where he just says, oh, cobblers. And I was like, what? What do you have against shoemakers, you asshole? You paisley or winter bottom. Goods. What's wrong with you? Yeah. Anyway, so the staff conspires to try and get her a new dress. Yes. And this is kind of they start planning. Meanwhile, we find her looking out the window at Ashton again, because that's the only agency she seems to have in this love story <laughs> is staring out the window. Yeah. Lovingly. <laughs> yeah. Meanwhile, everyone else is getting ready. It's going to be super fun. And she packs. So she's like packed up her suitcase. And this is where she looks at those plane tickets. And again, it's Castleberry Air. And I'm like, yeah. I refuse to believe they have their own airline. That's so nuts. And why wouldn't you call it Castle Airy? <laughs> it's a million dollar idea. I'm calling the Duke. <laughs> Jules is getting the kids ready. And she tells them like, hey, I have to go back and get a job. I'll see you both. And when she gets Milo into his tux, she's like 007, eat your heart out. Because Roger Blinky Moore's Blinky. 007. Yep. Yeah. Uh, and she tells them, hey, say goodbye to your grandfather and Uncle Ashton for me, but wait till I'm gone before yeah. you do it. So everyone's arriving. She's leaving out the back door and she gets in the car and just says, this is the right choice, which I'm like, no, clearly it's not. It's obviously not. The <laughs> I choice. know. Clear, yeah. If you have to say that aloud, you know, you're fucking up. Yeah. So she goes to Castleberry train station, please, which I guess is the only one. It's just that one train station. It's just the one train stop and it takes you to Castleberry Air. That's all it does. That's all it does. Meanwhile, uh, Mrs. Birch comes to find her and she is gone. Down in the hall, the ball is started. And so they're kind of welcoming people in like a processional. And Ashton asks, like, where's your Aunt Jules? And Maddie's like, we were supposed to tell you, but not until. And he says, tell me what? We've been abandoned. You're our father now. <laughs> <laughs> Daddy! <laughs> Meanwhile, the staff has gotten her address. Yes. And 
it's arrived. So they all pile into a car and get to the train station. I do like that 100% of the staff leaves right before this Christmas ball starts. Well, the the three that we know, there is other right. staff. Sure, sure, yes. sure, 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 yeah. 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 Uh, so Marques Arabella shows up and we meet her mom whose name is Pruella, by yeah. the way. <laughs> yeah. And you only find out because it's in the subtitles where it's like, Marques Pruella. And I was like, what is her? What was her name? <laughs> um, but so Ashton's like, hey, Arabella, I've been trying to reach you. It's really urgent. She's like, oh, I've been planning for the ball all day. What, whatever. And he's just like, no, it's important. I need to talk to you. Yeah. And so he kind of pulls her into a side room and we cut to the train station where the staff intercepts Jules and they're just like, we have a dress. Come to the ball. Get dressed in the back seat." And she's like, all right, fine. So she hops in the back yeah, uh, and ends up changing in the back of the car. And we cut to Ashton and Arabella. And he's like, do you think we're right for each other? And she's like, that's a silly question. Like, we're almost engaged. Duh. And he's like, okay, but like, what if I didn't hold a title? Like, what if I wasn't royal? And she says, if you were a gardener, I wouldn't give you the time of day. Yeah. Which is a crazy thing to say to someone that you're about to marry. <laughs> like, that's so nuts. And he's like, gardening's my passion. <laughs> <laughs> well, she says, is that what you wanted to hear? And he says, well, yeah, because it's the truth and we don't want the same things. Yeah, bye. And she's like, I'm sorry, what's going on? And he's like, yeah, we're breaking up. And she's just like, um excuse me, we're almost engaged. And he's like, I don't think I'll make you happy. And she says, I don't care about happy. I care about being a princess. Yeah. Which is like, I'm sure there are a lot of people that feel that way, but that's also a bonkers thing to say. You gotta verbalize it. You have to verbalize that. I loved it. I was like, oh, she is full on villain mode right now and I'm here for it. Really, she just wanted that to protect her family during the next revolution. (laughs) (laughs) That is clearly brewing in the streets. Uh, Regardless, (laughs) her mom walks in and it's unclear at this point whether or not she tells her mom that they've broken up, but it would seem as we find later on that she does not tell her mom that they're broken up. That's a hard conversation to have at a dinner party. Yeah. Well, that's what he was trying to call her before. Yeah, exactly, Paige. Exactly. Well, I mean, you can't just go to your mom right after and be like, Mm. well, I think he was trying to call her before to give her a chance to not come to the ball. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. To not have to be there, you know, or whatever. He was doing the thing that Warner neglected to do in Legally Blocked and giving her the benefit of a private breakup. Giving her an out. Yeah. Yeah. Nope. So they come back out into the hall just in time for Jules to arrive. Yes. And we get to see her mediocre dress. You know. Okay. You liked it, but it looks like a it. very nice prom dress. And it that's, does look yeah. like a very nice prom dress. That's for and sure. And this is a royal ball. Well, here's what I think would have made it actually look better. The underdress, like the, like the, because the top of it is see-through. The underdress is the wrong shade where it's like this kind of cerulean blue and it's so kind. it's like fighting with the overlay. And so I think if she had gone something like a blush pink or something closer to that overlay color, it would have looked better. But I don't hate it. Like from a shape standpoint and whatever, I think it's fine. I think it's better than Arabella's dress. Arabella's dress is terrible. Well, I mean, it's very clear the costume department had zero budget. No budget. Uh, the worst dress in this entire movie is her wedding dress. And I will die on that hill. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of the worst wedding dresses I've ever seen. This is a third world country, though. It's bad all around. It's yeah. It's bad from every... It's bad. Well, the trade embargoes from the other nations due to the genocide makes it where they can't get the good fabrics. <laughs> Mikey, this whole underlying crazy story is 
<laughs> Honestly, better than the movie. Let's keep going with this bit. <laughs> Yeah, well, and it's also better than the Patreonicals. Like, I feel like maybe you're not applying yourself to the Patreonicals <laughs> as much as you should be because there's depth yeah. here. I do make elaborate backstories up for the Hallmark movies I watch because I feel like <laughs> they just don't put enough effort in. So in my mind, all the movies are great because there's something really weird going on. I, I love this idea. <laughs> I like it, too. So they start the ball. And Grandpa and Maddie go dance. And Milo asks some random girl with bonkers hair to go dance. Like... It looked like she had a man's toupee on top of her already short hair. Because it, was, it was like a very short haircut, but it was very, very tall. And I was very confused by it. Her wig had a wig. Yeah. Her wig indeed had a wig. Yeah. So meanwhile, Jules goes scoping out antiques because that's her only personality thing that they give her. <laughs> And Ashton asks her to dance and she's just like, well, you didn't want to invite me because I'm a crass girl with no fortune. And he's like, oh, no, that was Bunny McCracken, that bitch over there. And yeah. it cuts to Bunny McCracken that low key looks like a fashion Cruella DeVille. <laughs> <laughs> and she's like raiding the buffet. I loved it. Yeah. And and she's just like, like taking bites of things and putting them back. Yeah. <laughs> like, I 100% thought Bunny McCracken was his ex fiance. What? No. What? Like a that conversation i thought roger moore was being like your girlfriend sucks no 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 no, no. no, no. In, in fact in that conversation roger moore kind of tells him like hey don't fuck things up with your girlfriend she has a good family and it's not until like this scene where roger moore is just like hey bitch get out <laughs> like, yeah yeah anyway so he's like uh no we it was bunny mccracken we weren't talking about you and he says i hold you in the highest possible regard and i don't care that you don't have a title Right. But they're playing our song. And she's like, we don't have a song. And he's like, we have one now. And in my notes, I just have, it better not be the hip hop song. <laughs> because that would have oh, been, been so good. That would have been so good. <laughs> Holy shit. I would have laughed my ass off. Yeah. Oh, man. So they dance and Arabella's parents see it. And people are gossiping. And then Arabella rolls up and is like, what has you all so riveted? And her dad marches over to Roger Moore and is like, you need to keep a title reign on your son as he's like dancing with her and then dips her. And I'm like, the yeah. dip is a bit much, maybe. Is it? I thought it was just right. <laughs> <laughs> but also like everyone would be dancing with everyone, right? Like, why is it weird to be dancing with someone who's not like your almost fiance? And I realize he already broke up with her, but still like, why is that a big deal? Well, I also think you could justify it as like hey she's family yeah because even though she's not related she's family yes she's fuckable family you know <laughs> <laughs> i'm from mississippi i get it oh no oh no <laughs> anyway so they finish dancing and she's like i need to go get some air and he follows her yeah and she's like you should go back in there i'm pretty sure they're looking for you and he's like no i want to be with you if that's okay and then he kisses her and she's like what about arabella and he's like oh it's over <laughs> era hella no yeah, hell no. <laughs> and she's like what happened and he just says you absconded with my heart and i was like you guys barely spoke. <laughs> yeah. Like, you hardly know this woman from Buffalo. You hardly know her. She's just staring out the window at you <laughs> for this whole movie. But he saw. It's just like Jane Eyre. <laughs> oh, no. We got to stop the Jane Eyre references that probably I, got cut out of the last one you did. I hate Jane Eyre. But she then says, you're the prince and I'm a poor girl from Buffalo. And he says, exactly. Yeah. Like, which in part, I was like, you want me for my money. I get it. 
<laughs> He's like, I can do whatever and you'll never leave me. You'll never leave. I bought your house back in the States. Shh. <laughs> oh god i hope so that'd be great <laughs> so meanwhile back in the ball arabella's parents are like how dare you and and roger moore's just like yeah he's an adult he can make his own choices like yeah you know absolutely he can arabella's parents are like yeah we know all about your kids and their fascination with commoners the unwashed masses is what unwashed she says masses, I was like, wow yeah. all right cool unwashed massive graves <laughs> and so Roger Moore's like You may be a duchess But she's more of a lady than you will ever be And at this point Arabella's like I did research She doesn't have any money And the children are kleptos And they're the worst And so Jules comes back in And is like Hey we gave the video game back And you're right I don't have money I'm gonna go back and get a job Because I like working And don't worry about it yeah. And Roger Moore's like You've never worked a day in your life Arabella And I was just like Get her <laughs> like, Yeah yes. And then he ordered the execution of her whole family <laughs> <laughs> After calling her all fur coat and no knickers Which I was yeah. like What? Okay So they leave And he's like That's a wise decision And then Ashton's like Thank you father And he's like No thanks for putting up with me Because I think in his mind He's like This is what I should have done For my oldest son who's now dead Yes. Now I have a second chance to do it. I think that's his arc, right? Yeah. And so he pulls Jules aside and is like, hey, I know we don't have hot wings and hockey here, but we have crumpets right. and cricket. Can you extend your stay? And she's like, let me think about it. I can go back to poverty in Buffalo or be uh, dating a prince in Castleberry. Yeah. 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 She's like, I can't even afford Buffalo wings. So. <laughs> <laughs> so what's good? What's good? So. Roger Moore talks to the staff and is like, where did she get that beautiful gown? Give me the receipt and I'll pay for it. Yeah, basically. that was cute. Yeah, it was very nice. So they lead the kids into the room where the Christmas tree is and Santa is there. Now, I think the movie is actually trying to say that they just got someone to dress up as Santa and it's for fun. It absolutely is. Yeah. Yeah. But because they never explain it for a hot second, I'm like, I'm sorry, is Santa real in this movie? <laughs> Has Jules been right all along? Like, what's going on? The true meaning of Christmas is that Santa only comes if you're super rich. <laughs> yeah. And so the kids are, you know, playing with the presents and whatever. And Roger Moore's just like, ah, I just wish my older son was here. And because Sam Hewen gets every good line in this movie, he's just like, he is here in the joy of their eyes and smiles. And so this is when I was crying. This is when I was sobbing. This is yeah. when he's talking about, like, when they go into the brother's room. I was just like, Ugh! because literally they give him all the good lines. Anyway, oh my God, we cut to their fancy <laughs> royal wedding where her dress is awful. <laughs> this is the worst <laughs> wedding dress we've seen in a movie on this show. Oh, that's saying something. The top of the dress is fine. Uh, it's very typical of a royal, you know, formal dress, whatever. And then we get closer on it and it's like, ta like it's kind of a weird fabric. Where, But I'm like, okay, but that's still fine. And then we get to the bottom and it's like a bonkers bargain bin David David's bridal ruffle thing <laughs> like the, it's it's the wedding dress that when you go wedding dress shopping they're like this one's only 50 dollars and then you're like i can see why like it looks like she bought it off <laughs> wish.com like i have seen better wedding dresses in youtube videos from people who made their wedding dresses at home like it is bonkers how bad this dress is for a royal wedding this is like your buy two get one free wedding dress <laughs> yeah like we know you're not gonna need this one but just in case yeah 
<laughs> and we get more of the Casio keyboard score. And then at the yes. end, it just says, this story is just beginning. But because we just watched The Mummy, my brain just went, this story is only the beginning. The story is only the beginning. <laughs> and that's, that's the, the movie. movie. All right. So having seen the movie, having talked about the movie, how do you guys feel about A Princess for Christmas? It's not great. No, it's full on terrible, but it's worth watching while you're decorating a tree. Yes, I would say if you're looking for something to put on while decorating a tree and you've run out of Outlander episodes, this is perfectly acceptable to put on. <laughs> and you're like, oh, baby Outlander. Like, oh, baby Jamie. I think it's cute. <laughs> it's a feel-good film. So a, a couple quotes, because we're all talking about how we felt about the movie. Uh, so Sam Hewen has said, quote, I think I'm a better actor now, <laughs> but I love that movie. I got to work with Roger Moore and he's one of the most famous Bonds and it was incredible. All those jobs are the pre precursor to what I'm doing now. I met great people. That's actually super kind. Like That's that is an amazing kind. quote. Very nice of him. It's very nice to make that quote when you get super rich and famous from a great show you did. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, if he was sitting at home on his mom's couch, he's probably going to say something different about the movie. <laughs> so what's actually pretty funny is, so the butler. Paisley Winterbottom, yes. it's I don't think it's Paisley. Miles Richardson, is that the guy who played Paisley? Yeah, it is Miles Richardson. Okay, so Paisley. Paisley Winterbottom was in season five of Outlander. Because oh, no he shit? plays yes, he plays a red coat officer. Oh wow. And then a guy who played his butler in another movie ended up playing the governor in that season. So he has a photo where he's with his two former butlers who are now red coats from the last season of Outlander. Oh, that's, that's amazing. amazing. That's pretty fun. <laughs> uh and apparently this airs on the Hallmark channel a ton during Christmas. And it also last year was released for streaming on Netflix, Amazon Tubi and others. So apparently this gets a lot of play. So I bet he actually gets a fair amount of residuals from this. Well, like I said, as Hallmark movies go, this is like a tier for Hallmark movies. Yes. Yeah. Which is essentially a greeting card company. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if your plot can't fit in a greeting card, it can't be a Hallmark movie. So, Paige, do you have some fun facts for us? I do have some nice. fun facts. Nice. Well, hit it with your fun facts. Christmas Princess fun, fun facts. facts. Uh, so, I did, some, nice. I did some digging into their house in Buffalo. Okay. Now, I looked because we kind of see part of the house. The kids have their own rooms. I assume Jules has her own room as well. So, I looked at three-bedroom, two-bath houses in Buffalo, New York. Okay. And I found a few right around the $300,000 range. Uh, which would make their mortgage about 1600 bucks, uh, which is not terrible. That's slightly more than my rent for a one bedroom in Los Angeles. Hooray. Um, <laughs> and that's with and that's with 10 years of rent control. So like welcome to late stage capitalism. Welcome to late stage capitalism. If we estimate that she would make between 500 to a thousand dollars per clock that she fixed, but she's not having I mean, she would have to fix like three clocks a month to afford that house. However, I think it's very possible that that was her sister's house. Yeah, that could be. And that when they passed away, she got the house. So I think that is what happened. Now, that doesn't mean that she doesn't have a mortgage because I... Because, yeah, they probably didn't pay off the house. They probably didn't pay off the house, but she may not have a $1,600 mortgage. It may be more affordable. Yeah. She may be able to refi. Like, there may be options 
for that house. The castle that they film at is actually Pele's Castle, which is the royal palace of the Romanian kings. Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, and it is in Sinai, Romania. Well, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. Lady Christina, who Roger Moore greets when she enters the ballroom, she's one of the first people to enter, is actually Roger Moore's real life wife. Oh. Uh, her name is Christina Kiki Thalstrup. Awesome. Good, good yep. for Kiki. Let's uh, have a Kiki. I want to have a Kiki. Lock, Lock the, the doors, doors tight. <laughs> <laughs> I love you, Paige. And I love Thank that you. we both know the Scissor Sisters. Yep. Anyway, so you know how there was that childhood Casio keyboard melody running through the whole film? Yes. Yes, yes I do. It's like a keyboard cover of the theme from Practical Magic. <laughs> <laughs> is it really? It wow. Really wow. Okay. All right. That checks out. Yeah, so that makes funny. sense. Um, you know, the Christmas movie, Practical Magic. Yeah. <laughs> The limousine used in the movie is a vintage Daimler uh, manufactured by Jaguar um, or the Chrysler Daimler uh, yeah, company. Yeah, yeah. And they had to basically refurb it to use it in the film. Now, it posits that there's multiples of them, but it's just the same one. Fair enough. Times. Okay. Uh, the Christopher Landry sandwich tray is named after the film's assistant director, Christopher Landry. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. The name Abigail actually comes from a word for a lady's personal maid. So Abigail the maid would be Abigail the Abigail if we were to like use the old really okay yeah i didn't know i know friends who are named abigail and as i mentioned the director is the owner of the antique store at the beginning of the movie so there's not a ton of fun facts about this movie (laughs) because i imagine people don't care that much because it was shot in seven days in romania yeah pretty much (laughs) (laughs) well i have a fun facts page do you yes so when you guessed it on horror virgin before you uh joined us full time you guessed it on crawl crawl yes right Christopher Landry was the first assistant director on that movie. No shit. No shit. (laughs) Bringing it back around. I know, right? I love it. I have uh, like an Outlander fun fact. If you want a a, a mini Outlander fun fact. Okay, so this movie comes out two years before they start working on Outlander, three years before Outlander comes out. Okay. And in that three years, uh, Sam Hewen basically lost all his money because he didn't get booked on anything. He was up for all the same roles Henry Cavill was. And at this time, Henry Cavill also didn't get any of those roles. It was like that weird period where Brandon Routh was Superman. And then like... It was a dark time, honestly. Yeah, it's kind of like... It it ends up working out for both of them, but neither of them get anything. And the difference is Henry Cavill had the tutors at the time, which like kept him employed. Sam Hewen didn't. So he ends up almost homeless. Oh, wow. Has to go... Like he was living in LA, had to go back to Scotland and be on like welfare. And the only reason he got the audition for Outlander is because like a friend of a friend was like, hey, there's this thing that I think you probably might be good for. You can speak in your normal accent. (laughs) Yeah, just you get to speak normally. Yeah. Uh, he goes into auditions, but he hadn't had a chance to like update his headshots or anything because headshots are fucking expensive. It's like they are, a yeah. real, like if you are an actor in Los Angeles, it's a cost of business and it's tough. So he hadn't really updated any of that. They meet him for the audition. They love him, but they have to get him past the woman who wrote the book, uh, Diana Gabaldon. And she sees his headshot and is like, no, this isn't the guy. Like, He's grotesque, yeah. is what she said. What? Yeah, it's just wow. crazy. That's intense, but also that is hilarious. Intense. And so they had to talk her into meeting him in person. And then she met him in person and was like, fine, I guess. And that's how he ends up getting the job, but like wow. almost didn't because, you know. Well, good for him, man. That's awesome. 
And yeah. he, he is great. Like, I, he's great in that show. He's great in that show. I just think it's really interesting to look at this next to it because it doesn't even look like the same person. It's no, it pretty doesn't. crazy. No. Yeah, it's yeah. wild. Yeah. I did not recognize him at all. Yeah. Maybe because everyone else in the movie was also bathed. <laughs> he doesn't stand out at all. He doesn't stand out. Well, yeah. this is where I would talk about box office, but this, of course, did not get a theatrical release. No? So there's nothing to talk about. But do you guys think they're still together? Yeah. He's rich. Yeah. yeah he's yeah, a prince. I think that's yeah. her option. He is her retirement plan. Yeah. Well, all right. Well, this week, Paige made us watch A Princess for Christmas, and it is my turn to pick a Christmas movie for next week. So I wanted to do sort of a more famous Christmas Mm -hmm. movie, but I wanted it to feature some people who are known for being villains in the movies normally. Okay. You know, when they're in them, but they're sort of portrayed as the heroes. So I wanted to do a Christmas movie with Reese Witherspoon and Vince Vaughn. So we're going to do Four Christmases. Yeah. Oh, this is bonkers. (laughs) Which I, I have seen. I watched it in the theaters back when I was married. And I'm not going to say it's the reason I'm no longer married, <laughs> but I can't prove it's not. I remember seeing it around when it came out. I did not like it. Same. So, yeah, your homework for next week is to have four Christmas dinners with people that are family that you also hate and watch four Christmases. So, Mikey, do you have a review for us to read? Well, I can tell on your face that you absolutely do not. So while (laughs) you're looking one up, let me tell them how they can have their review read on the podcast. And that is to leave us a five star text review and we'll have Mikey read it for you. So, Mikey, whose review are you going to read this week? Eggs are life. (laughs) Someone really likes eggs. Apparently. What does eggs are life have to say? (laughs) This is my favorite review ever. Okay. Oh my God. I stopped listening because of the, they say I stopped listening because of the cage something. Wait, they stopped listening, but it's still a five-star review? No, it, the the text is good. The, the title of the review is, I stopped listening because of the caged clone, I think. Oh, it's got to be the caged clone baby. Yeah, but they talk. Okay, I'll just read the review. You guys tell me. So, Eggs yeah. Life says, oh, okay, it, it's part of the review. I stopped listening because of the caged clone baby because of I was laughing so hard. And, I, and the review says, and came immediately to these reviews to tell you that Mikey has gotten exponentially, <laughs> all caps, funnier over time. <laughs> yeah, when you first started, you were not funny at all. You were too serious. You were also really <laughs> mean. And then you quit 20 episodes in on Horror Virgin. Yeah, yeah, And then yeah, we yeah. picked you back up. If, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the quip about keeping the clone infant in a cage under his stairs. So funny. Smiley face. Five star review. I don't remember even making that joke. I'm sure you did. That is on brand for you. Well, eggs are life. Thank you so much for leaving that awesome five star review. And if you want to have Mikey read your review, leave us a five star review. And then I'll drop in plugs and then Paige will say. So, um, yeah, guys, if you like this power thruple that we have here on this podcast, make sure to check out our other podcast, The Horror Virgin. And that is the only other podcast that Mikey and I are on. But Paige gets around and she is on two other podcasts. Black Card Rehab and Cult Podcast. So guys, definitely check out those because they're amazing. If you want to follow us on social, we are at Romancing the Pod Show. Yes. On Instagram. And we are at something else on Twitter who I just have never taken the time to learn it. It's just Romancing Pod Show because they have a character limit and it's show, S-H-O, like Showtime. So guys, check that out as well. And if you want to follow us all individually, Paige is at Rampage Wesley everywhere, including TikTok. 
except for Twitter, where she is at Paige Wesley. Mikey is at M Randolph 24 and I am at Todd J awesome everywhere. And guys, we got a PO box. So if you want to send us some love letters or whatever you might send to a PO box, it's actually not a PO box. It's like a regular street address. It's pretty awesome. It's, 6688 Nolensville Road, number 108-34, Brentwood, Tennessee, 37027. So send us some stuff. Yeah. And that's going to be it for us, you guys. I'm Paige. I'm Mikey. And I'm Todd. And you complete us. To completion. Welcome to Castle Winterbottom. (laughs) (laughs) Castleberry! Okay, wait, let me do that again. No. I want you to suck on my winter berries. (laughs) (laughs) Bye James Bond nerds